this talk. We're good? All right, we're live. Sort of. Sort of live. We're, we're rolling. We're rolling. We're rolling. We're rolling, dog. So, uh, so we were talking about the game. We yeah. stopped because uh, we figured this is probably good for the podcast. Right. So Ari finally paid off the bet. Ari finally paid it off in a big way, man. Big way. In a big way. Um, so if you remember, I when, when we were doing the weight loss challenge, it was like whoever wins decides yeah. the sporting event. We're all sports fans, basically, you know? And and I said at the time, I was like, let's go see Barcelona. I think I wanted to see Barcelona play Paris in the, you know, some tournament cup, some cha- a tournament that they were playing in. And I was like, you know, two of the premier teams, and it would be fun to go to Europe and make Ari pay for it, you know? Yeah. So, so I told him that, and he was like, I'm going to, like, fucking uh, Malaysia. And he just left. <laughs> so never heard from him again. And four months later, you, you know how it all, it all played out. And so when he got back, he was getting fucking slammed by people because he was supposed to pay up this bet, you know? Right. And people were destroying him. You, you know that. I mean, online, they were just like, Welcher, you're a piece of shit. <laughs> Probably worse than that. <laughs> but um, anyways, once we got, we got to, like, hanging out, oh, once we did the Sober October thing, um, he was just like, r- right before that, actually, I think he was like, which means like, what do you want to do? Right. And I go, well, how about <laughs> <laughs> I go, uh, he's like, you know, you pick the event. I go, I'm a big college football fan. Let's go to the national championship game. And I remember, uh, in 20, at the end of 2013 season, 2014 FSU and Auburn played in the Rose bowl out here and Bert's an FSU alum. I'm a big FSU fan. I was like, let's go to the game. And I remember that we met, uh, it was like, we got a, somebody who had student, because they both always on the national championship, they allow students to go to the game for pretty expensive, much less than the general public can go for. In other words, because you want students to have the ability to go to see their school play. So we got like student tickets for, I think they were 350 each. And that's pretty expensive, you know, especially for a student, but I remember Bert treated me. He he bought the ticket for me, and we went to that to that game. And he left at fucking halftime of the national championship game. Why did he leave? He was. I'm tired. I got to see the kids. I've been drinking. He just left. It was one of the best. He games. just left you there. Yeah, we were sitting in separate sections. But I was like, Are you fucking? St-? I was like texting him. He was like, So you were I'm by home. yourself, and he was by himself. Yeah, yeah. He, we, he knew more people at the game because a lot of his uh, friends that he went to school with were at the game too. But I'm like, You're gone. Did you just see the kickoff return? That just the, the the lead just like swung. He was like, "I'm at home." I was like, "All right, so all right, psycho." So weird. So weird. I, I gave him shit for it. I still give him <laughs> shit for it, but and it ended up being just this amazing finish. So, anyways, when I tell Ari I want to go to this, I'm kind of thinking that's the ballpark, like because that's the only experience I have. So the game's in Atlanta. He buys tickets. And I'm like, I go, you're not flying me, coach. You know that. He's like, no, you're the champ. You go first. Bert, Bert is coach. Bert is coach, and I'll get him a seatbelt extension. Uh, and I'm like, all right, cool. But Bert ended up going from somewhere else. So anyways, he bought the ticket. He got an Airbnb, uh, a really nice house, you know, for a few days in Atlanta. And then it's, uh, you know, it's the big thing is game day. And I'm thinking like, oh, that's cool that you got these tickets and you got, you know. But I think it's like reasonable. And then we get to the stadium. It was a total fucking disaster to get in because Trump went to the game. So it was raining, it was wet, secret service everywhere, two hour lines to get into the venue. 
And I paid a guy, a security guy, a hundred bucks to walk us through the line, which is, which was almost impossible because it was so packed. But I don't know. He just started walking us through the line, like in front of people. People were yelling at the security guy, which was like so uncomfortable. He's like a young black kid, and like old white people were like, "The fuck are you doing?" He's like, "I'm security," and they're like, "You're not security, you piece of shit!" Like right to his right in front of us. And I was like, "God damn!" Like I just have Whoa. never seen someone flip out like that. What we were doing was highly unethical. We shouldn't have done it, but like <laughs> we just weren't going to wait in that line. And then Bert, of course, Bert in a crowd like that, he's like, "It's okay, I'm famous. We're famous guys." Like yelling that to people, which is like, we "No, like, he oh, didn't." Oh, absolutely. He's like, he's like, we're, everywhere we went, if we went to a restaurant, they would come up and be like, "Hey, can I get you guys something to drink?" And he'd be like, "Do you recognize us?" <laughs> we're like, they were like, "What?" Was he serious? I mean, I think it's part of his, like, you know whatever style and then and they were like i'm sorry so part of a joke or part of like, yeah I, kind of a joke i think but he's not joking 100%. but not a, he's like halfway in the middle because one <laughs> time one time he was like we're famous comedians and the lady was like oh i know who you are and he was like oh, isn't that awesome being famous guys Shut up. And he's serious? I mean, he's like half serious. Oh, he's so like weird. But it's like you see him in his element. It's like him in with crowds is really like you realize he really enjoys it. Like he really enjoys the large groups. He enjoys being recognized. He fucking like sometimes we were walking and people were like, Hey, you're the guy. I've seen you on Facebook. He's like, Do you want a picture? <laughs> 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 and they were like, okay. <laughs> Jesus Christ, Bert. Yeah. yeah, he loves it. He oh. loves it. And then we were talking about how like people would say, like, Tom. And I was like, yeah. And they're like, hey. And then they would walk away. <laughs> they wouldn't come over to me. They were like, hi. And then they'd walk another way. But with Bert, they're like, I hug you. They take the shirt off. They <laughs> oh, sing yeah. together. They love, they love it. And he's like in his glory with it. It's perfect. So anyways, we get through this horrific line into this unbelievable $1.6 billion stadium that they built in Atlanta. I mean, it, it, it's fucking amazing. It's such a beautiful, just standalone stadium. You know, it's so state-of-the-art. It's incredible. We get in there. Ari got us 50-yard lines so right in the middle, like 20 rows back. I'm like, these are fucking amazing. Like, you couldn't ask for better seats it has like some club access for like free booze, mm. free food, catered mm. food, prime oh. rib. I'm like, Jesus. I'm like, how much did you pay for these tickets? And he's like, mm -hmm. I go, yeah, I want to know. <laughs> $3,500 each. Whoa. I was like, Ari, are you fucking shit? And he's like, how to do it? How to do it? Oh, yeah. <laughs> but he fucking spent over 10 grand on tickets for us. Wow. Man. Yeah. It, wow unreal man that's amazing i mean those are those are great seats dude like those are absolutely amazing seats you know when the mcgregor uh mayweather fight was going on yeah i was hearing that people were buying tickets for a quarter million dollars that's fucking retarded that's so dumb <laughs> to pay that much money you for say anything. that right yeah but you're balling pretty hard right now i mean and I, back yeah. in the dizzy yeah if you thought about some of the shit that you're uh, you can do now yeah that's true i would be like that's impossible yeah so we were talking about jeff bezos before the show who's now the richest man in human history it's, it's like it's inconceivable amount yeah. of money he's worth 105 billion dollars right which is just like what the fuck he's like the eighth biggest landowner in the united states do you know that he just buys no. 
It's crazy. Yeah. I mean, I'm not stunned, though. No, of course not. He has 300,000 acres of Texas. Whoa. That's a lot. That's a lot. Yeah. That's a big slab. Yeah. I'm He's pretty just sure. Balling. He's just balling out of control. I'm pretty sure his D.C. home was either, a, I feel like it was either a museum or a hotel before. He was like, make that shit my house now. <laughs> like, it was like a museum. <laughs> They're like, it's your house. I wonder what he's like to hang out with. Because there's a photo of him. See if you can find this photo, Jamie. There's a photo of Jeff Bezos from 1993. And he's got like a vinyl banner yeah. <clears throat> above his desk that says Amazon.com. Uh-huh. And it's just him. In this janky little fucking Ikea desk. Yeah. Like, like bad clothes. Typing, yeah. yeah it's like, kind of chubby. Yep. Typing away. And now <laughs> he's like, got some muscle and on now him. he's jacked and tan and probably got a supermodel for a girlfriend, does he? No. He's got a wife, four kids. Regular? Yeah. Normal? Yeah. Really? She's an author. Yeah. How odd. I know. Odd. Hmm. He doesn't schedule morning meetings so he can hang out with the kids. Really? Yeah. Wow. I read all this stuff. I wonder why he's going so hard hmm you know, know. Like, when you hit 105 bu- 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 billion yeah you would think you'd go eh we're good i know i think you just start really collecting because you're like because you know when he bought the washington post you know it's not like he's like i love journalism he's right. be like be cool to own a newspaper <laughs> you know what i mean like what do you what, at that level you're just like I like waterfalls. Are there any for sale or something? You know. You well, just... he's got Washington Post is one of the weird ones where you get a link. Someone will send you a link, and you click on it, and it's a Washington Post article, and it says you obviously love great journalism. That's right. Come sign up. Like fuck off. They We're don't not... even give you the free reads. I feel no. like New York Times will give you ten free. Re- I, I signed up after I, you know, I kept clicking those. I was like, mm-hmm. I better sign up. Washington Post. I feel like click number one. They're like, do you yeah. want to read this? Do you want to pay or not? Yeah. yeah, I'm not. I'm not paying. Yeah, I mean, I, I I support paying for journalism, but I feel like they should give us a taste. You know, <laughs> we should get a little taste. It's, it's tough to trust journalism these days. It's tough to trust like how how fucking weird are your articles going to be? That's true. It's journalism's tough. Uh, watching news has become man. I, I remember when it started to skew to personality and taste. Yeah. Now it's like off the rails. It is off the rails. That's where the money is. I know, but it's like you are totally just going with who, like you're going to watch, you can select what do I feel like leaning towards. Yeah. And then you watch that. Tucker Carlson. Yeah. Or, you know. Yeah, yeah, Rachel Maddow. Yeah, Uh, there he is. Look at that picture. Oh, my God. Isn't that crazy? Yes. He looks nothing like that now. Yeah. That's what $105 billion will do. He's just sitting there with that. Amazon.com banner. I hope that's still hanging somewhere in his house. <coughs> yeah, he probably shoots loads on that thing. <laughs> what do you... Th- oh, my God. Yeah. Crazy that he started... Off- I remember Amazon being a book thing. Yeah. I remember being a place to buy books. I remember thinking, how weird. Like an online bookstore. Why wouldn't you just go to the bookstore store where you could see the book? Right. Like, <laughs> and all those bookstores shut. Like they closed. He so, killed like, all of them. Yeah, there's only a few left. Well, I know a guy who got a deal with Amazon.com to publish a book. It was like when Amazon started publishing books, and they blackballed him because of this, because he had had traditional outlet deals before, and you know his books would be front and center in Barnes and Noble and all these yeah. other different places. He's a pretty popular author. But as soon as he went to Amazon.com, they're like, fuck you. 
and they just shut them out. They shut them out of all those stores. Yeah. And I was like, whoa, like there's like a weird book war going on that I didn't know about. Well, they're both probably try. I mean, those book people were trying to keep their business model going and thriving, you know? And he Yeah, but trying... doing it by threats is never the way to go. Probably not, no. I mean, the best way to go is when Amazon publishes a book that people actually want to buy in your store, you dumb fuck. Sure. Put it in your store. You know what I hate about these uh, super rich guys? They'll never, they never in their interviews talk, have like, the only one who will talk like what it's like to ball at that level and make it sound fun and like the things you want to ask is Mark Cuban. I've seen him in interviews be like, ah, oh, yeah, I got a lot of shit. <laughs> and, like, <laughs> and like knows that like that's a genuine curiosity for people. Like how fun right. is that? You have two 747s. He's like, yeah, man, that's pretty cool, right? And he talks about it. But I saw this interview with Gates, and this guy was asking all those questions. He was like, do you have to worry about, like, when somebody asks you, like, when you ask for something that someone's going to try to ask for more because of your known wealth? He's like, you know, my charity really is, a, like, just, like, dodging all those questions yeah. of, like, the fun shit that everyone wants to right, know. He right. just kept going back to his charity, and we're like, we know you're a fucking charitable guy. Tell us what it's like to own six planes, bro. <laughs> like, what kind of shit do you have? You know, he's like this Xanadu house. It's like 70,000 square feet or something. Well, he's got a house. I think it's on Puget Sound. Um, it's somewhere in the Seattle area. Yeah, I think it's Medina. Medina or Medina? Is that what it is? I think that's what it's called. But it's so freaky. Look at that. Looks like you're using an ad, an ad blocker. What did you pull up? What did you pull up? 19 crazy facts about this house. Oh, okay. $123 million. <laughs> Disable your ad blocker so we can read it. Oh, <laughs> so we um, we were in Seattle, and there's this uh, thing that's near a bridge um, where you, you go under this bridge, and they have this uh, these clear walls where you can see the salmon swimming up the salmon ladders. Mm -hmm. like they have everything set up with these clear like glass walls, and you can watch it. It's really pretty badass. Yeah. But the guy who was there... Who was the, uh, you know, the guy to this thing who's explaining us, you know, how this works and which kind of salmon you're looking at and the whole deal. He was like, you know, oh, my uncle worked on the Bill Gates house. He starts talking about Bill Gates house, where Bill Gates house is and mm -hmm. where he lives. And I, I remember thinking, like, how weird must it be if you're so rich that all everybody wants to do is talk about, like, hey, my friend worked on your his yeah. house. His, yeah. his, his house. And I was like, well, what's it like? And he just starts describing his skills. Well, he has like some sort of a submarine access in case he's getting kidnapped. Like someone's trying to jack him, they can get in a submarine and shoot out into the river. I'm like, what? Yeah. Like I don't know even how much of that is even true because this guy seemed like yeah he was missing a little piece of his brain. Yeah. <laughs> Start really adding stuff to yeah, it. Yeah. That's what I was thinking. I was like, how much of this is urban myth? I know that they were reporting even. Like, I don't know, when that house was built 10, 15, or whatever years ago, that even back then there was shit in his house because it was super high tech of like if you walked in a room, music would play. And yeah. as you left the room, music would die down and pick up in the next room. So that, you know, it had like, which I, th I think you could probably, a regular person could probably do something like that now, but like that was unheard of. You yeah, know? I think you wore a pin. You pin? put a pin on, and that pin, as you walked into different rooms, recognized that you were the person. <clears throat> so you had specific colors that you liked. So there'd be, like, backlighting that was specific. What's it like to be his kids? Like, he's big on uh, – he's the one that started that giving pledge, which is, mm -hmm. like, for billionaires to give the overwhelming majority of their wealth right. to charity so that you don't pass on 
billions to your children. Right. You like so his thing is like I'm gonna leave my kids money, but not like crazy, crazy money. Is that money? But you're like, yeah, that's you know, I totally get the idea behind that. But also like if you grew up with his, you know, you're his kid and you're like, Oh, there's we got lions this year or whatever. <laughs> and then and then you're like, you know, you grow up and you're like, I'm a whatever, a photographer now. Uh, my dad left me five million dollars, but like five million dollars is great. It's great, but my thing is like it's such a step down from what they're used to. I don't feel be... even remotely bad for some fucking kid who gets five million dollars no, from his. I dad. I don't feel bad. What I'm saying is that that adjustment has to kick you in the balls. I mean, yeah. the exposure that they've had, the lifestyle is like it's not. It's unfathomable to us. Like we can't even. It's it's beyond. They're just like, uh, it's like being the, the, a prince, you know? It's like your mm-hmm. dad's the sultan of Brunei, and then he's like, well, go fucking... I mean, I, they're probably well-adjusted. I don't know why I assume that, but I think that, like, uh, he and his wife seem like such reasonable people that I bet they've, you know, prepared them for, for, for what's coming. Well, they've got to figure out a way to make it on their own, and how do you get a kid to do that? That's tough, right? You know? How do you get a kid to do that who's, who's grown up like that? Right. Yeah. Do you know. think about that with your kid, like as you're starting to ball out of control? Yeah, I think about it for sure. Like, um, how do you, and, and then like how to not, um, you know, you want to prepare your kid for that, and then like how does how will a boy, I don't know, maybe especially, uh, boys align with their dads usually in a certain way, mm. you know, like, well, the kid compares himself to you and your success, but you don't want him to feel like, uh, you know, he's less than right in if, your shadow. Sure. Yeah. Especially, like, what if he goes into comedy? Oh, my God. Oof. Have you thought about if your daughters were to go oh. into comedy? My seven-year-old's hilarious. She's really funny. <coughs> does she ever, like, uh, oh, I'm sure she's, like, does she? She doesn't she's, know what the fuck comedy is. No? She just knows how to be silly. Has she seen you on, a, on, the house. on the TV doing it? Uh, not really. No. She, she flipped through Netflix and makes fun of me. Really? She's, yeah. yeah. Like, nice jeans, Dad. No, she just starts <laughs> mocking me. Really? Yeah, she's just ruthlessly funny. She That's just cool. goes after it. Seven year old is the younger? Yeah. Yeah. She goes after it all the time. Damn, she's like right, seven? Going after jokes. That's hilarious. Yeah. She's just she's really funny. But I see her becoming like a YouTube character or something. Well how do you how do, what do you think about as far as like them not feeling, you know, uh overwhelmed by your success or status? Do you ever think about? I think it's less likely because they're girls, mm-hmm. you know. But um, I was actually having a conversation with Neil Brennan about this last night. We were talking about another famous guy. I don't know him that well, so I won't use his name. But he has uh, two sons and uh, at least one daughter. The daughter's highly motivated. He's not worried about it at all. She kicks ass in school. She's awesome. The sons are fucking insanely lazy, and they just sit around. And they know that when they turn twenty-six, they get a giant check. Yeah. And they're 25 now. And oh, they, boy. They don't do shit. And that's he's super, terrible. super worried about it. I would he be too. Know what to do, you know? Yeah, that's a, that's a, that's like a nightmare, man. Well, it's like, it's so hard to actually do something if you don't have to. Mm-hmm. It's so hard to, to make something happen in your life, right? To start a business, to enter into a career, to become successful at it, to, to really focus and try to get good to the point where you're successful at something, you have to have a fire inside of you. You have to have a need to achieve. Yeah. And if you already have a Ferrari, and you're already living in a mansion, yeah. you already have $10 million in the bank, you already have all your bills paid, you don't have to get up in the morning if you don't want to. You can, yeah. 
the idea of just becoming this disciplined machine that's out there to try to kick ass in this life and be self-actualized so hard so hard to pull off you can't you gotta like dial back to on the spoiling i think i went to high school with the grandson of a billionaire and they they were very present in like the area you know and uh you know they drove like used cars the the grandkids i'm saying and had obviously they could have gotten way more but it was like instilling this you're not just gonna coast through everything Mm. and they got jobs and uh, as far as I like, I know about now what he's doing now is like he's working. You know, he's he's really working, even though he's going to inherit like just crazy amounts of money. Right. You know, but I mean, part of it too is just the nature of that person. I think you can try to not go crazy with, um, you know, taking care of gifts and all that stuff, but some of that drive has to come from within, no matter what your socioeconomic level is. Yeah, I would imagine some of it. I think there's people that are that grow up rich that it doesn't matter. Doesn't matter. They're they're just they're gonna succeed. Yeah. They love it. They like succeeding. They like working hard. They like getting things done. Yeah. But then there's like what causes a kid to be a lazy fuck? You know, like you come home, the kids on the couch just with their feet up, and they don't. Yeah. Did you do what I asked you to do? I was gonna. Yeah. But something happened. Mike called and fucking. I know people like that. Cars out of gas. Yeah. I, I think there's something wrong with just. I mean, I know people like that who you want to shake. Yeah. You know, like, the fuck is wrong with you? But they, I think a lot of times they just, it's almost like they fear doing the thing. Like they're yes. scared. They're scared, what if I do something mm-hmm. and I suck at it? You yeah. know, that kind of thing. There's definitely that. Yeah. There's, well, you see that in a lot of, um, like, amateur comics that are sort of starting to make it into comedy. Yeah. You see, like, a lot of, like, sabotage. You know that stress of... You're just doing open mic nights, and then all of a sudden you're starting to get paid, and and then some people start moving forward, and other people get left behind. Sure. Remember, remember those days? Oh, of course. I remember thinking, like, man, boy, there's a lot of people here that are sabotaging themselves. Oh, yeah. Like, yeah. you can see the stress of, because stand-up in particular is so open-ended. Like, you could make of it what you want. You put in as much as you want. You either can be successful or not, depending upon... How much you focus on it, how much talent you have, how much drive and discipline you have. And a couple breaks. Yeah, and a couple breaks. There's a bunch bunch of factors. Yeah. And sometimes those factors are just too overwhelming to some people. And you see see them just start tanking it. They're drinking at the store every night. Yeah. Yeah. Because it's it's scary. That's the truth, is that it's scary. Yeah. I remember, and people handle it different ways. Like, I remember the people who'd be like, they would just say, like, this is a, you know, this isn't going to work out. Like, I don't know why we're doing this oh yeah you those know? people yeah and, and i always I was always like what? dude don't talk to me anymore like, <laughs> yeah, I don't you're poison. Your, yeah you're fucking so negative but they're doing that just to sort of eliminate that pain of failing yeah, yeah. you know they're just they're trying to like just address it now Eh, come on we're just normal guys it's yeah. never gonna happen it's never gonna happen. you and i will just get a fucking regular job we'll be working for amazon or something yeah and you're like what, what are you talking about man yeah, there's people who are like, yeah, this doesn't, you know, you can't make any money doing this. I remember that a lot, too. It was like, you can't make any money doing this. And I was like, well, you can't make any money right now. It doesn't mean you're not going to make money later. And they're like, well, how are you going to get to later? Because there's no money now. I'm like, you know what's almost as weird? Do you remember the development deal years? Were you around during the development deal I years? I was at the you- tail end. I was at the, where they were like, they were like, ah, two years ago, you would have made $600,000 <laughs> for that set. And you're like, Jesus Christ. Yeah. I was there. 
for the development deal years, but I kind of was working during most of it because mm -hmm. during most of it I was doing news radio. When it right. got really hot, I was doing news, news radio. And I remember that there were comics that would go to Montreal. They would do the comedy festival. They would have these sets, and they would come back, and they had half-million-dollar deals. Crazy. And they were, there were sitcoms, and they were convinced that it was all fucking happening for them. Yeah. And I, I remember I had quite more than one conversation with one of these people that were trying to put me on their show. Comics that have never worked since. Like, you like, do not hear from them. You, you should don't, do my show. Yeah, yeah bro. <clears throat> my show's guaranteed. This is what's going to happen. It's guaranteed go to air. If it doesn't go to air, there's a million-dollar backup deal. Like, they had all this stuff yeah. that they were telling you about. Like, they went the opposite way. Instead of, like, being, like, terrified of the future to the point where they were just, like, letting themselves super off confident. the hook. They were super confident in this weird, delusional, it's definitely happening for me thing. It's odd, man. Yeah. It's odd to subscribe. I, see, that would always scare me because I'm more, my, my just uh, more life perspective is, like, you don't. You don't react until like the check clears. Yeah, you know, right. And every yeah. yeah, I don't go like yeah. this is definitely happening. No, it's always like wait and see. Well, those people that it was interesting because they none of them made it. Yeah, none of them, mm -hmm. and they were all convinced. But it was a weird convinced. It was like, have you what? Yeah, like you're not even that good. You yeah, know, that's what I wanted to tell them. Like of you got you got lucky, man. You had a pretty. You're kind of cute. You had a pretty decent set. Yeah. In front of uh, a very willing crowd, yeah, and someone took a chance on you because people are going. There was a nutty time. I guess we should describe it to people. There was a nutty time where they were just chucking around development deals like a yeah. regular person who probably had no business being on stage could get a hundred thousand dollar development deal. Yeah, we. I literally just missed that. I think they said that the last big one that they talked about was like oh five. They're like that was like one of the last big six figure development deals which is basically you go to montreal you know which is the just for laughs big festival all the executives go they all basically party for a week yeah but it was like an excuse to do work and then you know they were signing people up with those checks and we literally i went in the 07 new faces class and they're like oh two years ago someone got i got eight hundred fifty thousand dollars for his 15 minute set 850 yeah, it's like one of the big the last big ones that uh failed like they they had a record there was like a tallying of like this person this person this person this person all got them and nothing came of it and then they like <laughs> went all in in 05 on, on a couple other people and then that didn't pan out some so they're like fuck these development deals man now it's done There's no it never it never happens now you know you never hear about them no i got one in 93 i got a development deal in 93 wow yeah, from I the got festival? one of the first ones. Or just, no, for, just for the festival. Wow. Yeah, I, I went to the festival with a deal. That's crazy. Yeah, I had a deal with Disney. Yeah, now they, that shit never happens. It was the weirdest thing in the world because it was. I went from being fucking broke. Yeah. Like you know, oh, I'm making three hundred dollars this weekend if I go to this place and do a set on Friday night. Yeah. And then uh, you know. You got six figures. Yeah. Did you think, were you like, this is crazy right now? I think I got 100 the first time, and then there was a, a second part of it where I got 50. It was just like, what? Yeah. It's so I was eating lobster every night. <laughs> Didn't you say that like <laughs> your accountant made a business manager call? He, he, like, thought, You're right. he thought I had a gambling problem. It's so funny. It's like, nope. Just I eating like, like a king. Yeah. And he was like, what, how are you spending so much money? And I was like, I'm just spending money like this is how I'm going to live from now on. 
Yeah. He's like, that is the stupidest fucking thing I've ever heard in my life. Why? <laughs> I was right. Yeah. Because I was right. Yeah, you're right. <laughs> it just took a chance. Yeah. That's so cool. It could have turned out terribly wrong. But the 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 thing that was weird about it that was the most incredible thing was that um, once I started working and once the money, the, the check came in and um, I didn't have to think about my bills anymore, there was a physical feeling of relief, like a physical feeling of relief. Yeah. To go from being broke and have no idea how you're going to pay your bills and just trying to hustle up a $100 set or a $75 set somewhere to go from that to just not having to worry about money. Yeah. Instantaneously. So nice Instantaneously. Feeling. You know, after taxes, having, you know, X amount of dollars in the bank and just going, what? That's yeah. in the bank? Yeah. That's crazy. I know. But then f the feeling, like a lightness of being, like like I felt physically lighter. Like well, I felt like a... It's so much of your, like it consumes you for so so oh, much yeah. of your life is like, and there's this bill and then there's that bill. And it's like, it's on your mind all the time. Yeah. You know, like, oh shit. I'm not, I know I got these weeks of work lined up, but like, then that other thing's going to come up. So I better, and I, I need to call it because it's, it's all you think about. But I think it goes the other way too. I think that when you get to like this Jeff Bezos level, I think then all of a sudden it's a burden. Because I feel like there's the lightness. The lightness is like Brian Callen had a saying once, and I, it's, I've repeated it a bunch of times because I think he nailed it. He said, you want to get rich enough so that you don't have to worry about your bills and you don't have to worry about how much things cost when you go to eat at a restaurant. Yeah, that's great. Because everything else after that is bullshit. That's true. It's true. Yeah. Yeah. All that other stuff like acquiring stuff and yeah, fucking yeah. jewelry and shit like that. Like, What yeah. are you doing with all that? No, you're right. And it's like... Um, there's that thing too when like you have enough money to go to restaurants and sometimes you'll go to a restaurant and they'll like and the special is uh this cut of meat and there's a lobster on the side and uh it's 69.95 and you're like not a problem. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I always feel like it's weird when they tell you the price. I know, you're like what are you freaking going to embarrass me here at the table? <laughs> <laughs> I'm good. But it's it's an odd thing like sometimes they tell you the price and sometimes, sometimes they don't. They don't. Sometimes they just tell you the special. We have a rack of lamb. Uh, oh, that sounds good. Nice restaurants. A lot of times there's multiple items. It just says market price. Yeah, that's and a weird then, one. And you can just be like, I want that. And they're like, you said so. <laughs> and then they just bring it to you. And you're like, that's $400. Like, what? <laughs> yeah, what kind of market is this? This is crazy. But don't you think that if you get to the point where you're worth $105 billion, just to focus on you alone. It's a lot. Yeah, it must be overwhelming. It must be overwhelming, and also it's like to the the Bill Gates thing. It's like it is the thing that everybody probably wants to ask you talk about. You know, oh yeah, it's like everyone knows you have a fifteen inch dick, and they're like, "Let me see it, man. <laughs> Just let me see it. Can I touch it? Can I see it? Your What's photos? It like? Yeah, it tastes like a regular dick. Like it's limp and it's fifteen inches. It's crazy. It's, it's like knowing that about someone. It's all everyone. So yeah, I think that energy you feel. That everyone's like, you're super rich. Yeah. Because we're all fascinated, especially in this country, with, you know, accumulating wealth. It's like, I feel like it's, I feel like it's heightened here. Yeah, for sure. Well, I mean, think about how much of the culture is about balling. Yeah. You know, I mean, it's all about young entertainment culture is all about oh, showing yeah. diamonds and stepping out of Rolls Royces. I saw this dude, I don't know his name. They showed him getting a, a jewelry that he bought. And you saw that, and it has an emblem with a 69, and it spins, and he's got, like, diamond teeth. And then he had, like, he had, like, 200 grand in his waistband, 
he just took it out and was like, ah, ah, stacking the money. It's just like, it's a fascination with like, look how much shit I have and all the shit I can buy. Like that's part of the culture now. You it's know? been going on for a long time. It has been. Yeah. It's coming up from poverty. That's what it is. Right. It's the, the idea is that these guys were all like super poor and then they made it. And here, this is what happens when you make it. It's kind of, you know what it's kind of also, uh, we see that in like hip hop a lot here, but it's also what you saw with uh, major drug traffickers. They all come from extreme poverty, all of them. Uh, El Chapo, Pablo Escobar, super, super, super poor. Right. And they accumulate in crazy amounts of wealth. And then they're like, look at all my shit. Yeah. You know, it's like you, you see this, like the parallel. It's the same thing. Yeah. Like when Pablo Escobar. Oh, my God. The, the, when he had hippos and shit. Mm -hmm. He had, he had like, a fucking zoo. He had at a his zoo. house. Yeah. yeah. He had, when he built his prison, you know, he was yeah. like, I'll serve time, but I'm building it. And there was soccer fields, and then he would fly in national players, be like, play soccer with me today. Yeah. And they're like, okay. And even after all that, he was like, nah, I don't want to be here yeah. anymore. I'm going to get out of here. I'm leaving. Yeah. yeah. So he much. Built, built his own prison. Yeah. What? Columbia. And what? they'd had parties. Joey Diaz got me on this show, because I, I watched Narcos, which is a great Netflix series. And then there's another series called Surviving Escobar. And it's, it, it follows, uh, Escobar had a right-hand man. Uh, uh, his right hand hitman killed like 300 people for him named John Heidel uh, Velasquez Vasquez and it follows him from like the day they got Escobar and this guy turned himself in and it shows him in prison and how he just ended up starting another cartel from basic from within prison it's a fascinating series. Yeah, that's it. And this is a new Netflix special? I think what happened was that I feel like it was a, it seems like it was a Colombian series that they acquired, is what it seems like. I'm not wow. sure. But it's really good. I mean, it's, it's all in Spanish uh, with subtitles, but it's, and that's the real guy on, uh, in that picture right there. Is that guy still alive? Yeah, his nickname's Popeye. And uh, he, yeah, he, he fucking murdered so many people. And they had such a dedication to their bosses. That's one of the things. They followed them like religious leaders, you know? Like if he's in an interview, Popeye, this guy, saying, if Pablo Escobar had told me to kill my dad, I would have done it. Whoa. Like I wouldn't have hesitated either. Like they have such devotion to the boss. It's really Maybe his wild. dad was a dick. <laughs> Maybe he was. He's <laughs> <laughs> like, yeah, my dad was a big asshole. So, I, yeah, of course I'd kill him. There's that movie that's coming out now about um, the the the, uh, the lady from uh, Cocaine Cowboys. The fuck is her name? Oh, uh, um, Griselda Blanco. Griselda, yeah. yeah. And I, with it's, Jennifer Lopez. No, it's Catherine Zeta Jones. Oh, that's right. That's and she right. actually they made her like not as hot. Really? Yeah. I mean, it's she. Well, looks, she's like 80 now. <laughs> No, she's not. Yeah, she's 150 years old. <laughs> she weighs 650 like Bert. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you know, we uh, we took pictures, a picture before we went to the game together, mm -hmm. like, posed together. Right. I have a T-shirt on. Bert has like a hoodie like this with pockets, and then a jersey over it. So it just looks so much. Everybody, everybody was like, "Jesus Christ, Bert! Did you put on 400 pounds?" <laughs> that, that picture, because he he has like six layers on in right. that photo. It was all they were all. You do look, you look pretty slim there though. You do photo. look slim. Ari got fat for a while. Did he? Yeah, yeah. Ari got into serious uh, candy uh, addiction. Oh. quite a bit. Mm. Which is fucking terrible for you. 
that sugar fat, just getting fat from nothing but sugar. Yeah. But he just decided to cut it lose out. Lose the weight. Yeah, yeah, he looked good. He looked good. That was a long time ago, though. But the way he did it was pretty interesting. Just said, eh, I don't want to be fat anymore. That's a good way to do it. Didn't join Weight Watchers, didn't do anything. He has a body that responds to that pretty well, too, though. You know, like I feel like there's different, there's definitely different body types, and he's the kind that could probably make a slight adjustment and see things sway. Well, I guarantee with Bert, it's booze. If Bert just cut off the booze, I mean, he would lose a massive amount of weight. <laughs> he goes so hard. He goes so hard. It's cr it's bizarre. Yeah. No, he goes hard, man. To, to the point where I was really stunned that he made it through Sober October. I was stunned. I think he really responds to challenges. He yeah. likes he likes he likes the challenge. He likes because he, he you know he, we always joke how he speaks in hyperbole and he's always just like yeah. If you go like, I bet you can do. He's like, I definitely fucking do that. It's right. always immediate. Yeah, it's without consideration of it. He's like, I can definitely fucking do that. Yeah. Now Ari said when we were hanging this weekend, he because uh, Bird's like, I'm definitely doing definitely doing the LA Marathon in I think it's in April. Mm -hmm. And Ari's like, if you do that, I will show up in roller skates. I will fucking kill you. <laughs> and <laughs> and Bird's like, there's no way. There's just no way. And we were like, what are you talking about? Like you can casually roller skate. A five-minute mile, yeah, casually, not even, yeah, booking. no, no sweating, no. And he's like, but after after ten miles, I mean, your feet will hurt, and I'm like, so just push through it. Like, why why do you think you can push through something and somebody else can't? We'll just fucking push through it. We'll beat you. I was like, I'll go take a nap and get back, and then <laughs> still beat you. And he's like. No, I'll definitely, I'll definitely beat you. Well, he ran a half marathon. He did, and he did surprisingly well. I didn't think he would do that. How well. long did it take him to run a half marathon? I want to say it was like in the 240, something like that, right? Something like that. Maybe 235, 245, something that range. So is that, is that a clean split? Like, can you say, oh, that means you would do a five-hour marathon? Not or necessarily, no. You would be slower. No. Yeah. You would be slower. You'd, You'd get be tired. slower. Yeah. That, yeah. that second half. And everyone that I've talked to said, especially that last stretch like those last five miles are supposed to be the most taxing you know yeah me mom my friend cam haynes is running a marathon a day it's really really crazy really yeah, crazy fucking psychopath i know and you watch him you know i pull up his instagram and i'm like just fucking positive man just do it Get, he's getting <laughs> yeah. up every morning before work he has a regular job he's running fucking miles and miles at six in the morning and i heard him say uh, the only thing that like made him seem human was him talking about there was a time when he said it was hard to run a mile or something. Yeah. He was like, yeah, I remember when it was hard to run a mile. I'm like, seriously? You had trouble running a mile? Yeah, when he first started running. Like everybody else. Running's a weird thing, man. You've like, been doing it a lot more. Yeah. Well, when I do it now, too, it's uh, I'm kind of amazed. I think back at like where it used to be difficult, and it's not difficult there anymore. I'm like, well, how come it's not? It's almost like your brain's like, well, what happened? Like, what changed? Yeah. How come I can just run up this section now and, and hustle through here and, and push through around this corner and get up to that ridge and go over the top and then to the next top? And that's where I stop now. Yeah. Like, why did I get so much further? Yeah. Your, brought, your, your body doesn't, it's almost like your brain doesn't want to believe that your body can get in better shape. Right. Like, you know, you can, you know, like when I work out and have worked out for a long time and I'm, I'm fit and I'll do like rounds in the bag or something like that, I'll know I'm not getting as tired as I used to be, but I don't want to believe it. Right. It's, that is weird. Why? Your body is like, your brain is, it's like trying to keep you from progressing in a way. I don't know. It's like your brain has memories of the times where you were getting tired doing stuff that you're not getting tired anymore. Yeah. And you're confused. Like, what's happening here? I've been doing, I hired a trainer and 
part of our workouts has been bike sprints, like stationary bike yeah. sprints. Fuck, man. Do you get an Airdyne sprint, or do you do just like a regular bike sprint? Um, I mean, it's a stationary bike, right? So I don't know what type of bike it is, but it's like it'll be like a max out 30-second sprint and recovery. I've never felt as close to dying. As really? I, oh, it's like, I mean, especially on like the third sprint, it's like, you know, lungs, heart, mm-hmm. quads are, uh, it's just like, I, I, I have a whole new respect just for cyclists just doing those fucking stupid sprints I do. It's just, it's so taxing, you know, it just Where'd really, you get this guy? Um, I found him uh, just searching and I met him and then uh, started doing work. He's just been giving me like one on one and I've been doing... Uh, just mixing it up. So like we'll have like strength days where it's like power days, you know, like higher weight, lower reps, and then he'll throw in core stuff and then we'll do high rep days. So I like the mixing it up. I get right. I get bored, you know, and of course. It's been fun to like work out with somebody who I mean knows his shit and has been like super challenging. What's his name? You wanna know his name? Just, just give me his first name. Mm-hmm. Uh there's two dudes. Um, two different guys? Two different guys. You go to two different guys. You two got two trainers. I got three, actually. Hashtag balling. That's got, what I'm talking about. Got, How are your kids going to relate to you? Man, they Daddy can't, had man. three trainers. Dad's on TV. Of course daddy's got a six-pack. I got, I got three trainers. I got Micah, Sean, and Kelly. So how do you mix it up? Why do you go to three different people? Because um, you can, bitch. Yeah, yeah, just to make it challenging and different. Yeah, just to mm. do different shit. Really, that's the truth. Just, really? Yeah, just to do different shit. Because I, like I know it. that I'm going to get something different out of, of them on different days. And how many times a week are you working out now? If you've got three different trainers, you must be hitting them at least once a week, each yeah. guy. I'm doing like three or four days a week. Ooh, yeah. Tommy Buns getting yeah. in shape. Mm-hmm. I'm super strong, man. Yeah. I don't know why, but it just happened. Probably because you're famous. Yeah, probably. <laughs> you recognize me? Here's my picture. Here's my picture. Here's my picture. Give me a hug. Here's my picture. Let's take our shirts off. Some girl goes... Oh, my friend that works here at this bar is a big fan of yours, to Bert. Will you sign the back of this to her? He was like, how about a video? Oh, and, <laughs> and then she goes, okay, takes his shirt off in a black cigar bar in Atlanta. Okay? And like everybody, no. yes. And then he takes the camera and he goes like up his stomach. <laughs> just, he's like, <laughs> yeah. What the fuck? But Bert? of course, she was like, "That's fucking awesome! That's amazing!" Yeah, of course, she lost yeah, her mind. Of course, and if you were the girl, oh, this is him and uh, oh yeah, I saw this. Yeah. Like, what happened here, dude? He just he's uh, we're buying booze, and but everybody checked. was dancing. Oh it yeah, it wasn't just him. He got the vibe going, man. I'm telling you, that's his natural element. He's also. About 19 drinks in. 19? Literally? Yeah. Boy, he looks hammered. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, that whole that whole store was dancing with him. There wow. really was. People walked in and knew him. Ari's drunk, too. Look. Yeah. Look at Ari dancing. He yeah. dances like the whitest fish fan ever. That's so true. He's like jumping up and down with his legs together. These guys knew him. Yeah, hmm. it was he was in his, he was in heaven, man. Boy, what a what a weird life that Bert Kreischer lives. He really is the party guy. It's oh not, yeah, he's uh, the machine. I think for a while I was like, "That's your act." <laughs> like I'm your friend, but that's your act. <laughs> and then I hung, you know, enough hanging out. You're like, "That's really who you are, man. You're really the party guy." He enjoys it. Yeah, but it's so 
rough on your body. I don't know. He pushes through, man. It's amazing. He gets up the next day and was like, he'll be like, I'm really feeling it. But you're like, you don't notice. Right. You know? You know what I did when we, we went out to breakfast on, um, what was it, Monday? I think it was Monday. Yeah. We went to breakfast the day of the game. And uh, he, my friend Justin lives in Atlanta, comes over, picks us up. And he's like, whoa. Bert's like, whoa, I'm fucking feeling it this morning. We sit down at this breakfast place, coffees, and we order breakfast. And he orders eggs and, like, you know, toast and bacon or something. And then he's like, all right. And then as the waitress walks by, I go, oh, 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 could you send him a waffle also? Um, like, in front of him, you know? And he's like, what? And I go, you like waffles. And he's like, yeah, that's true. So <laughs> <laughs> she said, like, this massive waffle. He's like, this was a really good decision. Thanks, man. <laughs> <laughs> Totally tearing it up. Scarfing. Yeah. Yeah. I know he wants to do another challenge. He was Definitely. talking about doing something. He keeps bringing things up and like Ari, he makes these videos. Ari threw one at us. Yeah? Yeah. Um, which I think actually would probably, again, it's something that would benefit him the most, but other people would get benefits from it too, was to go phone free, social media free for a month. Oh, that's Ari. Ari does that all the time. That's Ari not does it fair. all the time. That's like me asking you guys to do jujitsu. Yeah, no. But I think like I I respected the challenge in terms of like yeah I do look at that shit too much. I right. do you know yeah it takes it, it takes too much of your focus away. Which like Ari talked about, and then of course Bert was like easy. I'm like it's not easy for you. You're on it. He brings his charger with him when we go when we went out. I was like why? He's like case my battery runs out. I'm like. <laughs> You have 70%. How are we going to run out? He uses it a lot. He's always on it. So I was like, that's actually a good challenge for you because yeah. you are consumed with it. But he was like, I don't know. He was pretty hesitant to accept that one. The problem with that is it's a, it's a tool for work. That's the point. But Ari's thing was like, well, you could have your assistant, the guy that helps produce your podcast, you could send him things and be like, hey, you got to post these things. You could post these promotions for my shows and blah 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 but you can't be on there consumed by likes and consumed by comments and and that whole thing i don't know it was just it was it's not a bad idea it's not a bad idea it's not a bad challenge good luck with it i'm out yeah (laughs) i don't know i mean i think the physical (laughs) stuff is really really interesting yeah the physical stuff's the most interesting even like even for me a guy who does yoga on a regular basis doing 15 of them in a month was like wow i got a lot to make up well it would be another good one i don't know but let me tell you something that last nine days i did nine days straight you know of yoga Mm -hmm. and uh it wasn't the last nine days i had plenty of time to go but i just decided to burn it all out in one shot i was like i'm learning a lot about myself Mm -hmm. like i've never done anything that's that hard, 90-minute hot yoga classes, nine days in a row with no days off. I was yeah. like, if you just don't give yourself a day off, your body starts to adapt to not having a day off. You can accomplish way more than you think you can. Yeah. That's what that shit taught me. You ever have yeah. like those – I remember being on the road once and having a deadline for a writing packet. It was some type of submission or they were like – I was getting paid. Mm. And like, well, you got to send it in by this – by like tomorrow. Yeah. And I – I was doing so much writing in the hotel room and that when I submitted it and everything was fine, I was like, man, I could get a lot of work done in these hotel rooms. But I needed that experience to tell me that. Yeah. Because all the time I'm like, I'm just sitting around in these fucking hotel rooms. Right. You're just watching TV, flipping through the channels. Yeah, not doing shit. Watching those fucking pawn shop shows. Yeah. And yeah. you're like, I just wrote fucking 20 pages. Yeah. 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 
yeah, if you just make yourself do it, or you have, like for me, I have to have, a, well, I don't have to, but one thing that does help is when I have a schedule of shit that I wrote down. Like, I have to work on my act for an hour a day for five days. You like put I that in to. there. Yeah. yeah, like that's, I give my, I, 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 and I think that's really reasonable. I give myself five hours of writing a week. That's totally have reasonable. To. It's light. It's light work. I've been working on it more since I know my special. My special comes out tomorrow. Oh shit, Tommy oh, Buns! Shit. Netflix special number three in the pipe, bitch. Yeah, dog. Woo! Yeah, I'm excited. Hot and fresh coming out the oven. I'm excited for it, but I also have that that uh, new special anxiety. Of course, you know, where you're like, oh, it's back to square one. But that's um, where the material comes from, right? Totally. Yeah, of course. And I actually, I personally, I don't know if everyone works this way. I definitely work better when it's uh, when it's 100% out. In other words, not like the month to like you know it's coming out in two months. When it's actually out, I feel the fear and the drive more. I create yeah. more. Yeah. When I when I know it's all it's gone now. Yeah. I, I, it really fuels me. Me too. Yeah. yeah. Same thing. But it's the scariest fucking thing in the world. It's terrifying. For your act. Yeah. Not the scariest thing in the world. Yeah. But. It's it's scary because you're you're so terrified of being up on stage with what I what I call without weapons, yeah, you have nothing, yeah. yeah. So you have to like really focus on getting that shit done, yeah. And then I, I find myself going to the store with notebooks and going over the shit before Same I go on thing, stage. You're just really tightened in. Yeah, I'm doing a couple spots tonight. And I'm mm. just like, yeah, I have like all new you have, shit. You have one hour. Yeah. You have. I mean, you literally have like one day. Yeah. And then in one day. Yeah, better have all new shit tonight. You can go up and just whip out some polished, smooth, yeah. fucking sharpened weapons. Well, I actually thought about it, and it's like you know, I've been, I have been for the last, especially month or so, really focused on the new stuff. And I go, so tonight's the last night. Do I feel like doing? Like, will I? Do I want to say that thing one last time? And I was looking over like the the bits, and I was like, not really. I think I'm done, you know. Yeah. So I'm 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 trying to focus on just all new now. Well, it's we're being forced into this position. Yeah. In for a good thing because you have fans because the fans want to hear new stuff, and it just makes me think about uh, that I always used to pity those old guys back in Boston that never wrote. Yeah. That they had that same hour that they would do for a decade. That's just so nuts to me. It's crazy to think about now because back then. There was no social media, and none of these guys got on television. So mm -hmm. if you didn't go to see them live, you did not know their material. Yeah. Yeah. That's really wild. It's crazy to think that that was the norm, and that guys would polish an act together and put it together, and then they would just work, and they would never write. They and would I fucking never write. I feel like the norm now, without question, I feel like it was kind of debated for a little bit, is definitely when a special comes out. Like, that shit is gone. Yeah. I feel like that's accepted now that, like, you're done with that. Totally. Well, I had a conversation with someone at the store uh, a year ago because she did a special. And then after the special, she was still doing the same material. I go, what are you doing? I go, she goes, well, I don't think most of the people have seen it. I go, whoa, 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 whoa. I go, I guarantee you, if they're coming to see you, they're paying to see you. They've seen your work. Yeah. Like, she's like, why don't I have any new material? Well, why the fuck are you touring? Yeah. Like, you can't be touring. No. With the same exact act that you was can't. on Comedy Central just six months ago. You can't. No. Yeah. No. Especially people are paying. You know, they. It's, it is weird in that you will. I ran into it 
a bunch of times, but it's definitely the minority, which is the person who's like, why didn't you do that one bit? Right. And you're like, because you, you know it. Go watch that on Netflix. Yeah. Yeah. I, I think I, I don't know if I told you, but I, I did one. People were asking me to do some bits uh, when I was touring. I think it was not 2017, 2016. They were like, do, are you going to do this bit and that bit? So I just doing one show at a club. And I was like, I'm going to try this, this thing out, this encore thing. So I did my I did my new show, and then I said uh, some people asked me to do some bits that you know or whatever. I forget right, how I right. got into it. So and I got this huge round of applause, and then I would be I would start it, and there would be like a big big applause. I would go through the bit to complete silence, like they would just watch me do the bit they know, and then when I would end it another round of applause. I was like, that was horrible. <laughs> like, that was the worst feeling ever. And the reason, because there was no laugh, because there was no surprise. Like, they right, were like. they knew it. Yeah, of course, they knew the whole thing. Yeah. And I did like the, the next bit. I was like, you might, you know, whatever, know this one. And it was the same thing. They're like, oh yeah, we do know this one. And then I go through it and they were like, yeah, I know. Oh, <laughs> that's the worst. That was horrible. That was my one attempt at doing that, <sighs> you know? Yeah, I don't even know how to do them. Yeah, no, it was, and and then that people were like, I was like, I forget the next line. They're like, it's this, like people knew knew the bit better than I did. Yeah, somebody asked me something about the uh, uh, the bit about people breaking into the White House about uh, the woman who was guarding the front door of the White House by yeah, herself. That's on your last one, yeah, right? I, no? And I had to go back and watch it again. I was like, oh, yeah. oh, I forgot all this. Yeah, I literally forgot how it worked. I forgot all the different beats. And it's not, and like in a day. It's not going to come together well. No, I did, it's uh, going to be terrible. I did a private event in Vegas for these rich guys, and I was like, just I flew in, and I was talking to them like five hours before the show, and I was like, just so you know, I mean, like I'm, I'm doing my current show, and they're like, oh, we were hoping you'd do this, 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 and this though, and I was like, all right, so I went up to my hotel room, pulled up Netflix, and started watching. <laughs> and, and making notes and then i downloaded the album so i could listen to it and i would walk around and i was like and i was like forgetting the thing that you think is a throwaway is actually like a connector yeah to the thing and you're like fuck and i was doing like half-assed versions of it at the show wow you know? and they were still like on board with it but i was like that's not how that goes <laughs> like i knew i was fucking it up how many specials do you have out now? You have Thrilled, which was a, a, well, that's a CD. A CD. Right. And then uh, White but Girls. White Girls. Is a CD. CD. And so then complete, two hours there. Yeah, Completely and Normal. Completely Normal. Which is a special. Mostly Stories. A special. And Disgraceful comes out tomorrow. So five hours yeah. of recorded shit. Yeah. Can you, like, stop and imagine that if you had to, like, do your whole catalog, like a Bruce Springsteen concert. <sighs> yeah. You know, I mean, the thing about like a Bruce Springsteen or any of those guys is that on any given night, you could bring back that one and really get it sharp again for like five nights. Yeah. And then kind of drop it and then do it. You know what I mean? Yeah. But, like, we go like, that's old. I don't do that. Yeah. And it just it just goes further and further away from your mind. But they have to. Like, if you go to see Bruce Springsteen and he doesn't play Born to Run. Yeah. You're like, what the fuck kind of piece of shit show is this? <laughs> I wonder. I wonder because I feel like the... Well, he, then again, though, he's famous for doing, like, four-hour shows. Yeah. So maybe he never does skip it because... How the fuck's that guy have so much energy? I know. I mean, he's on those Trump diet pills. He's got to be. He definitely looks tired in every photo. Of course. And he's I, married. He's married. He's, he's doing four-hour shows. Down. 
He's always like, just doesn't know. Like, should I just bail on all this? Uh, God, God, incredible. This is a st- the, the the inside story about uh, Bruce Springsteen and his concerts. Is always be, that people get bummed out when his wife is there. <laughs> <laughs> they, they, they like they like Bruce without his wife there better than they like Bruce with his wife there. Like a friend of mine, um, her like friend, his energy changes. Yeah, yeah. Her friend is a crazy Bruce Springsteen fan. She goes to like tons and tons of concerts. Sees them every year, all like multiple times a year, all, the, all over the country. So crazy and. The people that are like super hardcore say there's a different energy that he has. Wow. Like, oh, the wife's sick. The wife's sick. Is she sick? She's not here? Yes. Oh my like, God. they get fucking pumped when the wife's not there. That's hilarious. I never... he sings with his wife. Like, right. His wife's a part of the band. Right. She does what? The, the tambourine or something? Yeah, like that's that? important. <laughs> <laughs> None of this shit works without that tambourine. Without that tambourine, yeah. this fucking show's bunk. Yeah. I don't know, man. I, I just, never I ne- I can't I, imagine touring I, I, and working. No, you know, with your wife all the time. Oh, my wife and I, we always talk about how like it's really unique. We can do our podcast together, and we have fun doing it. Yeah. But like when anyone, and but she leads this. It's not like a guy thing. When someone will be like, "Hey, do, I, do you guys ever tour together?" And she's like, "That's gay as fuck." Ah! She's like, "I don't know. We're we're two different people. We do our own show. Like, no, it's like." Not gonna well, happen. you guys are in a rare situation too where you're both really good. It's usually one of you's really good, and the other one is like, eh, Yeah, not bad. Okay, no, yeah, she's definitely not too bad. She de- and she's uh, now she's oh, I can't wait, man. She's selling tickets, yeah, adding shows. I'm she's like, balling, yeah, give me that money, give yeah. me that money. Yeah, now you give me money, now you give me fucking money, <laughs> you buy me shit. <sighs> Yeah. No, I'm excited for it. I think she's one of the best comics in the country. She's awesome, man. She's she really killing is. It. Yeah. Christina Pazitsky, don't sleep on her. No. Yeah. Yeah. She... I mean, I remember saying that to her one night, like four or five years ago, at the store. She fucking crushed in the OR, and uh, I came up to her upset. I go, "No bullshit. You're one of the best comics alive." Yeah. Like, that set that you just did right now, that was one that like, it's not just funny, but it's insightful. She's smart. She points out shit that other people aren't pointing out. She's a out. real writer, too. Yeah. She writes a, like, writes a lot. How does she write? Does she sit in front of a computer? And pen just and paper. And then a computer. And, and then a pen and paper. But yeah, a lot of notes. Yeah. A lot of writing. A lot of actual, like you're talking about spending that time working on it. She spends yeah. a lot of time. You got to do, you know, that's the difference between someone who produces a lot of material and someone who doesn't. Like, I've had these conversations with people before with like, oh, I only write on stage. I was like, all right. Yeah. Why? Is that because it's the only way it works, or is it because you're lazy and this is how you justify it? It's probably more that. More that. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. That right. I I write on stage stuff. It's like, yeah, well, I do too. Yeah. I write on stage stuff, but don't like they give it out as a, the thing that drives me crazy is I, I see them giving it out as advice to other young comics. Oh, right. Like, don't write on paper, dude. Just yeah. write on stage. Yeah. Hey, I, I write on stage, man. That's what I do. Like, okay. Yeah. Right, but is that the only way, and is it the best way, and isn't isn't it possible that you're missing? I think some what stuff? happened was too was like when Louis got like really really popular, and he was just like I never write anything down. That became like folklore and att- like attractive to c- comics. So I feel like oh I got to do that. Is it's that like, what he said? He never writes anything down. Yeah, doesn't write doesn't even write down like bullet points. Really? Yeah, just all in his head. So then people are like, oh, you know, I think I think I heard I started to hear that more when his fame really exploded and, and that was a big thing, you know. Hmm. Like, I was like, not you don't even write shit down. They're like, no, like, okay. Well, I guess if you're doing stand up every night, three or four nights a week, or three or four times a night, 
like you're doing those New York sets and you're constantly working. Yeah. It, it's like constantly in your head. You can get away with that. I would, uh, I guess you could, but like I would, I always liked having um, at least a bullet point list. Mm -hmm. Like even at the, like when I wasn't writing anything long form down, I still like to have that, oh, what can I, you know, like just to see it all. Yeah. See like, like how the, you know, how the, how the movie plays out. And I'd be like, well, I should move this over here and this should be right. over here. I couldn't imagine not having any of that written down. But I just think that the more time you spend focusing on it, whether it's the more time you spend just writing stuff down or looking at bullet points or the, just the more intention you put on things, more attention, the more focus. Definitely. Man. It's going to, you're going to have, it's going to be better. You're going to know it better. It's like getting good at anything. Yeah. You know, you put a lot of time into it. It's yeah. going to happen for you. Yeah, comedy writing, though, is one of the weirdest ones because everybody does it a different way. Yeah. You know, everybody's got their own weird sort of style, and it's, no one can tell you exactly how to do it. Like, you, you could never tell Theo Vaughn how to write a joke. Right, no. I Especially know. him. His, his act's so odd. Yeah. You know? I know, and then you're like, you mispronounce things, but like yeah. that's like, but it's, it's like uh, disguised so well. Yeah. You know, it's like, it's oh, shit like that where you just like, how do you come up with that? You know? Yeah. Was it an accident the first time? Like that, you know? And then, like, I remember uh, Carlin, he would write on uh, note cards. Did He'd he? go on stage with note, note cards and clubs and then kind of shuffle through them and be like, that's shit, and throw it on the ground. <laughs> and then uh, I saw him in, I saw him one of his last tours at Universal Amphitheater, and he, for, like, his last... Because he called them like individual pieces, like his bits were. It was really a, heavily about the writing, you know, yeah. like the specific wordplay, the flow, you know, rhythm, patterns. Like all, all his comedy was very melodic, like that. And when it got like, when it was like one of his closing pieces, it was like five pages. He brought out the pages, and he's like, "I'm gonna read this because that's how I memorize it." He's like, "I, I memorize it by doing these shows." And reading this, so just so you know, for this thing, I'm gonna look at the, like he told the six thousand people that. Wow! And then he would, you know, blah, 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 and then flip the page. And he's and like, how was it? It was funny, man. It was great. It was one, it was like the second to last special, and I remember the, uh, like it was a it was a really well constructed piece of writing. It was a little threw threw you off a little bit to have him be reading it, yeah. you know. But he, I would say when he when I saw the show, that piece was probably at least half committed to memory and he was still trying to like you know repeat 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 to, so that it would be in his memory but it was still really funny it was still really funny well he was also how how old was he, he was probably like deep 69 70s, 70 right yeah. i think he died at 70 so did probably, he yeah he looked he looked older because of you know he he went hard in the paint too so yeah the drug use yeah, yeah but he was drugs. 70. well he apparently had a pain pill problem for a while because i remember there was a, a time when he committed himself to rehab, and uh, I think it was wine and pills. Mm. He was taking pain pills. Those goddamn opiates, man. They yeah, get people. They Ooh, do. They get you. Ooh, they get you. Yeah. But you got to think that your memory must eventually, at some point in time, start to give out. Yeah. And you're doing these long monologues oh like my he God. would do. Yeah, he'd do long, long monologues, yeah. Yeah, he would write out his whole act, like the whole hour, and then just start doing it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's like... And it's do like, a new one every year. 
like reading a it's like a book almost. I think he said sixteen months was his turnaround. That what it was? Yeah. Mm. Every year. He ended up doing fourteen, I think, specials. That's crazy. Yeah. What are you up to now? You have a, quite a few. <sighs> um like if you combine <clears throat> albums and specials? One, two, three, four, five. Six, seven. I'm on my eighth. It's a lot. It's a lot. You're gonna catch him. <sighs> Number eight's coming up. Yeah. Do you know where you're shooting it yet? Boston. Oh, you are doing it in Boston. Yeah. The Wilbur. Unless, unless no? I just changed my mind. Oh. Ooh, sorry, Boston. Would it be at the Wilbur? Yeah. yeah. If I'm, if I, I have one other idea in mind that I'm still. Bouncing around in my head. Do it at my house. I'm thinking about that. Really? Yeah. That'd be great. In your kids' room while he's sleeping. That's awesome, man. <laughs> That'd be a hit for sure. <laughs> did, what did you think of uh, Chappelle's two specials? I thought it was really interesting to see him do this big polished special yeah. in a big place and then do the little special in the belly room. I was like, well, this is this the belly room felt weird, man. Well, I mean, I personally, my take on it is like the second one, the belly room one. We're un we're in the practice of calling that a special, but it's really not a special, in my opinion. What you're seeing is what here, at least in, definitely in Los Angeles, and if you live in San Francisco, Denver, New York, places he likes to frequent, uh, what is what you see Dave Chappelle known for in these cities, which is he would drop into clubs and like spill out everything that's on his mind. So, I mean, I don't know if it's more like semantics, but it's like, it's not a special. To me, it's like you're seeing one of the best guys ever do a workout set, like do a, a loose riff. It's only been six, seven weeks since the special was shot that, is, that plays before it. Right. In which he toured for like a year with that. You can see how like polished and, you know what I mean? So I think it's really cool if you're a big stand-up nerd to see the other one, like that's what happens a lot in those cities that he he'll just fly into and be like, yeah, here's shit that's on my mind, right? And and that is, so you're seeing like it's 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 masterful, but I think it's like I don't call I, I think of it as separate than a special, you mm. know, like because a, a, a special to me is like <coughs> you tour, you prepare, and then like you present it. Right. I mean, I know I understand that you could be like, well, yeah, it's a separate thing. It's a special. But I'm saying that within that, there's something really specific going on, which is like this is like in the moment, uh, almost all topical commentary. And like that's how that dude works. He he just he will walk into a club and be like, I wanted to get on stage and like just talk about he's, he always, he loves topical stuff. So it fits perfectly. But it was, it's very different. It's, I mean, you can see the, the total difference, the contrast, especially if you watch one after the other. Yeah. You know, you're watching toured, proven, like worked out stuff. And like, here's some shit I thought of basically in, in the last week. Right, right, right. But a whole hour of it, which is really crazy. Yeah, he's so prolific. <clears throat> yeah. And um, the, the, the fact, the way it worked was doing the two of them together. That way mm -hmm. you got to see the big polish special, yeah. and then you got to see the fuck around workout set. So it's like if you watch the big polish special, you're like, I need more. Yeah. It's really watch. interesting to see, uh, I think, just to hear people go 
uh, back and forth on which they liked more. Mm -hmm. I thought that was really interesting. I've seen a bunch of people, at least online, all say they like the belly room, you know? Well, the belly room was so intimate to, yeah. to be in that room. I was there for one of those shows. It's so uh, interesting to be there when you're watching someone film in front of 70 people. Yeah. It's so tight and small, you know? Yeah. You're kind of naked a little bit, you know? It's yeah. Like, and the people in the audience were, they were fucking on the show. Yeah. I mean, the people that got those front row seats, they yeah. were they were featured prominently in that Netflix oh, special. Yeah. yeah. Kind of makes you entertain the idea of like a really small special, what that would be like. Yeah. There's, there's different kinds of comedy, right? There's like the comedy that you do for 70 people is just not exactly the same as the comedy that it's you not. do for 700 or 7,000. And the way you present it. <coughs> I mean, he was, he basically sat. For most of that, yeah. So that's that's different, you know. I mean, usually, if you're in a big twenty five hundred seater, you're not gonna like chill, sit on a bench. Unless you're Mark Maron. Mark, I think yeah. Mark Maron. Sits or Cosby, down. old school Cosby. Yeah. Yeah, he was always sitting. Um, Even as he got old. Yeah. I mean, Cosby did it. Not just old school Cosby, but old old Cosby. Yeah, old old Cosby. You're right. Do you um, think Cosby will tour again? No, no, I think that's done. It's over. Yeah, yeah, I think so. Well, I remember when he was touring. There's still, a lot of promoters of allegations. Would not, I think, would <coughs> think it's not worth the trouble. Really? I think so. Yeah. I think Louis will tour again. You think so? Mm-hmm. Yeah. No, I think so too. Yeah. Yeah, I think he'll take like a year off. Yeah. And then he'll do some shows, and people get mad. And then it'd be yeah. And then like if you know the real thing is like the corporate side of it, like in other words, uh, channel or network that would want to let's say host show the special but he has such a dedicated no one's website following is like what he ended up developing like he's sold shows and and made millions you know when people were doing the like download my special thing mm -hmm. i think he could book a venue shoot something and go back to his five dollar model and, and do really well I no, I'm sure he could. And people would be really interested to see it. Of course. But I think Netflix would have him on. They still have his old stuff. I watched Maybe. his old stuff. Yeah, I mean, I, yeah. I was on a flight after, right after all of it went down. I watched his, uh, the special from D.C., which I thought was really interesting to watch it knowing. The D.C. one? Was that, is that the latest one? The latest one, one oh, okay. 2017. Uh -huh. But just to know that it was like right around the corner that he was going to get busted. Yeah, yeah beaten off in front of people it's, just, it's a weird thing to get caught doing too yeah it's like out of all the things that people have done that they got caught doing all the rape accusations and all the horrible shit like his is the most pathetic and also kind of the most innocuous yeah it's just humiliating just beaten off in front of people i know it's like his kink it's what yeah. he likes but it could be way worse you know like what what he actually did I'm not yeah. saying it's a good thing to do to people. No, it's hey, not. Hey, watch me beat off. Yeah. But yeah, I know a bunch of people he did it to apparently laughed. There's yeah. quite a few comics that I've talked to that know people that he did it to. Yeah, I knew somebody that he did it to. Yeah. And what'd she think? Not happy. <laughs> <laughs> um, but, like, you know. I don't know, man. It was like it's I, weird. I knew it for a long time that story. Yeah, and I, I mean, I said it before. I was like, well, I mean, I knew it, and then like every other person I talked to in comedy knew it, and we, we were all like, "That's fucked up." But also, I mean, this doesn't excuse it at all either. But there is something about 
something, at least that as you know, something somebody did a while ago. Yeah. So it's like, what am I supposed to do? Bring this shit up to them? Right. You know, like how do you know? But it, but the other thing is, how do you even know that they did it? Because one of the things that happened during the whole like did, did he do it or did he not do it thing before it came out was uh someone had told me that it was bullshit and that what he had done is take some pictures with female comedians mm -hmm. with his dick out just being silly and stupid and like and and then tell him please delete those pictures we're just having fun you know oh. i don't, don't want to get in trouble i mean the story i heard was very specific yeah and, and like you know it's basically one of the stories reported in, mm -hmm. the, in the times and i was like I remember hearing that story, and, and the person was not, you know, was pretty upset about it. And and then a lot of people heard the story. Yeah. And then, I don't know, you know, another year would go by, and two years, and three years, and you're like, okay, I mean, that's bad, but, like, as far as my role in it, you know, like as somebody right. who knows the story now, it was just one of those things where you'd be like, yeah, that's a fucked up story, you know? <laughs> I mean, it's not someone that, like, hey, you know, that guy, he fucking punched someone 15 years ago. Right. He's a real asshole. And you're like, that sucks. You know, but 15 years ago is a long time, right? I mean, kind of. It's like, is there, is there, it's not to like minimize the wrongdoing, but like, isn't there some part of the conversation about how people mature and, and, mm -hmm. and become different people as they get older? Oh, I'm sure, sure a lot of people that are in their 50s and 60s, you go like, you know, who are not celebrities, you'd be like, do you know that when this guy was 26, he did this fucking horrible, stupid thing or something? Mm -hmm. You're like, Jesus, but you're like, well, you know, that's a long time ago now. I mean, that was kind of, at least, that part of the conversation exists in this, right? Yeah. It's like it's a, it's something really bad. I mean, he's being punished, so that's, we're not saying that it's, it definitely has not been excused because he's being punished, but it's also old behavior. Yeah, like that's the Dustin Hoffman thing. You yeah. know, Dustin Hoffman, this is where it gets really strange. A lot of his stuff was 30 years ago. Right. Like 1985 and shit. It's like so. I think part of the difference too between the Hoffman stuff and Louis and maybe everybody else <laughs> is Louis's admission. Right. That's very different because yeah. even like the stuff I heard with Hoffman, he is like, he's definitely trying to justify uh, versions and the behavior and like that's what people did. You know. Is that what he said? Oh yeah. He's like, you know, on the set, like, you try to like get, you know. You have to break the tension, or there's there's a monotony to it, and so people would have these conversations and say. So it's it's like he's trying to. It appears that he's trying to be less accountable for what he said. Yeah. Whereas Louis was like, these stories are true. Right. So it's. I think all the, those things end up affecting how your redemption goes because they're like somebody's like, I did this shit, I, I was wrong. Right. And I think in this country, people love punishment. Like, are you punished for the thing you did? We hate, like, somebody getting away with something, right? Mm. So part of him, I think, coming back will also be that people realize that he paid a price. Right. I mean, he lost deals. He lost shows. Lost right. money. Right. Definitely lost a lot of fucking touring money. Yeah. I mean, it's, that day is a probably at least a $50 million day for him, you know, uh, with everything together. So Isn't that crazy? Yeah. <clears throat> I mean, what a weird kink. Jerk off in front of people, yeah. I wonder how you develop it. I mean, I guess I can imagine how you develop it. But. Do you think that you could even do that? Like, I was trying to think, could I even ask, hey, do you mind if I jerk off in front of you? And then just get hard and actually, like... Well, that's the thing. <laughs> I imagine he had to be leaking right like before that. Like, to, to come that fast, it had to be something he's thinking about, like, all day, you know? 
and like hanging out and then like hey do you want to hang out like do you want to come back or whatever my mm. guy come up and like so as he's getting closer to doing it i'm sure it's 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 the only fuel that's on his mind you know so it's wow. like it's so like to ask me that i'd be like well that's not my kink so you're like hey could you go from fully flaccid to come in front of these people i'd be like i don't think so man <laughs> i don't think i could do that no kinks are fucking weird man kinks are weird you know like i had a friend and him and his girlfriend used to tie each other up they tie each other both up ball gags yeah. the whole deal and he loved it. He would talk about it with like great glee. Yeah. And I'd be like, why, why do you like tying each other up? Like, what are you doing? Yeah. Ah, oh, it's fucking great. Like, oh, it's just no. something about like trusting that person to put that rope in their mouth and like. I wonder how much, how many of those kinks <laughs> develop later, like you realize it later, as opposed to like the, the more common theory that it, everything's tied to childhood so that like yeah. you must have been you must have been tied up or something as a kid once and then you somehow relate that to sex but i wonder if the, if like you can be 28 and be like man this tying thing is fucking awesome i guarantee you can if yeah. you just date one crazy person like if you have one girl who's just a wild animal in the sack yeah. and she just wants to tie you up and you're like all right let's do it yeah and she doesn't and and you like, love it and it's best. amazing yeah and, we need answers. Where's Jim Norton when you need ah, him, man? Oh, yeah. He would go deep with this. He gets all sweaty and shit, and his yeah. eyes start bugging out. <laughs> yeah, he's just blinking. Yeah. Yeah. Nobody embraces their kinks more than him, though. Yeah, I fucking admire that so yeah. much about him. Yeah, everything, whether it's trannies or any anything hey, that hey, he's hey, experienced. Hey. Trans. That's how he says it. He oh. says trannies. Oh, he does? Yeah. And he's definitely supports the industry so yeah, yeah. <laughs> the industry is that it's weird that you can't say tranny the tranny is somehow or another negative yeah look it's, these are noises that we make i know Chappelle was like the that was the thing you know he like brought he got a lot of shit on the old one mm -hmm. or the one from a year ago yeah and so he he brought up the topic again but he said trans people he yeah like, he was real specific on that part you know? yeah i guess in the last one he's like fucking trannies man <laughs> <laughs> well it's there's certainly a lot of thought policing going on, and there's language policing. Yeah. And we have to wonder, like, how much of that affects the way people actually feel and how much, like, and how much of it is just people trying to control the way people communicate and, and dictating the languages. Because, like, when you go to the far end of the spectrum, there's these new uh, gender pronouns yeah that there's there's literally Zims are, yeah there's yeah. like 78 of them yeah which i think are utterly preposterous it's absurd absurd it is absurd you just you're make believing you have you make believe language you're inventing all these new words and it's not like there's some universal uh, agreement going on and everybody it's not like remember when ms was a thing yeah <clears throat> there was mrs and mr but then there was miss mm-hmm and Mr. was married or Mr. was not married, and women were like, well, what the fuck? How come we don't have one of those? Yeah, so now So they came up with Ms. Ms. But yeah. it never really stuck. No. Like, no. nobody uses Ms. No, it has to be like a real formal, you know, writing Even or then, something. Even then, would yeah. you say Ms.? I guess they would. Never. In the writing, they might, you know, might write MS if it was like, I don't know, a piece of journalism or something to, in to indicate the person's single status. I never hear that. Yeah, but you don't hear it spoken a lot. No, no, but they were trying to push for it for a while. Yeah. And that was something that was like on the borderline of being accepted by the common vernacular. 
Yeah. Shit. It but is. Zer. I also wonder, like, how many people are just professionally upset at shit that's said wrong, you know? Like, they, they're just, their reaction to everything is, is like, it's like their, their job is to police and react. You right. shouldn't have fucking, no, 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 that's not okay. What about, it's like almost how um, academia exists today. You see, like, the way that people are on campuses, it's like, fucking, that yeah. is not a reflection of the real world. No. To consider everyone's feelings at all times? Why? That's yeah. not how shit works. No. Like, no people it's... get upset and get offended at things. That's fine, but, like, that everyone should, like, dial back everything they say to make sure everyone feels protected. That's not how shit works. What's been really interesting, the last five days, there's been a battle going on in my Twitter mentions that I haven't dived into at all. Really? But, yeah. But lesbians have been going at it with transgender people oh, in really? my Twitter mentions. And this is, like, long-going conversations. They're going back and forth, and... Remarkably civil, but what's interesting is all these lesbians, one of the things they've been saying, it's been, I, I dive in every now and then and read some of it and going, what the, f this is crazy, I gotta get out of here. Yeah. But that lesbians um, were trying to say that a lot of the violence that happens in supposed lesbian relationships is actually transgender men to women where they Whoa. switched over and then they're beating up on um, their girlfriends and that wow. they're bringing their masculine toxic violence into the world of lesbianism and they're not willing to be honest about it and there was all there's like this crazy debate going on back and forth this yeah. lady was citing statistics of how many um i wonder how accurate that is i don't know how many women in well she was a lesbian and she was pretty uh, pretty not that you're a fucking expert 100 percent on facts if you're a lesbian but right but she was pretty adamant. She was a lesbian who had statistics. her lesbian stats like straight. Yeah. yeah. Well, the other thing she was saying, lesbians like women, and that she doesn't know any lesbians that want to date a transgender woman, like that used to a, someone who used to be a man mm. and is now a woman. She was like, "That's not what we're attracted to. We're attracted to that, actually women." Wouldn't that kind of negate the argument? Because they're like, she's if if formerly male transgender women are beating up their lesbian girlfriends then there are lesbians out there there are that, some that yeah. are dating and attracted to these transgender women yeah that would it, it doesn't get it muddy there right yeah 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 so if she's saying like we're not into that it's like well your stats then don't back up your argument because that's clearly what you're indicating you're saying that these transgender women that were formerly men are dating women yeah. and beating them up i think she was saying and people she knows Oh, so like her friends. So, yeah. so like Elizabeth and Sarah aren't into it. So that's supposed to. But it's like, how else could you know? I mean, you'd have yeah. to have like a poll. Like, of how many of you uh, gals out there are into eating pussy like eating fake pussy? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> that's a wild stat to consider. I'd never thought of that. Yeah. And uh, there was this going back and forth with um, lesbians versus uh, transgender women. And then they started getting, some pe people started getting hostile. Like, let's just cut the shit. You have a Y chromosome. You're a fucking man. And then it was Ooh. like, whoa. And then it's, there was a lot of that going on. There was a lot of, you want us to assume, and not just assume. We want you want us to just go along with the idea that you absolutely are of the wrong gender, and there's no way that you could just be crazy. Yeah. There's no way you could actually have gender dysphoria. There's no way you could actually have a mental illness. Mm -hmm. It's impossible. And that's that's one of the weird things about any group, right? You're going to have a certain amount of people that are mentally insane. 
They're mentally they're they're gonna oh yeah any group any group any group. There's a certain if you have a, a thousand people, there's a certain percentage of those people that are just gonna be insane. Yeah. But when it comes to gender, we're supposed to ignore that. We're right. never supposed to think like oh you're out of your mind. Yeah. No, yeah. you're out of your mind. Yeah. You're, yeah. You know, you're definitely a woman born in a man's body. And I, you, you, Dude, I tell you, I support all the trans rights and, and everyone doing all this stuff. The only thing that I ever go like, that doesn't seem right, is with athletics. Oh, yeah. That's the only thing where I feel like, it's not that I don't feel like someone should be able to play any sport and compete, but like when a dude transitions to becoming a woman, it's like, I play basketball now. It's like, come on, man. Yeah. Like, I get it. You're, you you have the right to live your life and play, but like, you have all those skills that you developed as a man, and now you're playing against frailer, smaller, you know. Yeah. Like that, to say that like you can't bring that up, that that's offensive, is ridiculous to me. Well, especially when it comes to fighting. Fuck yeah, man. That was the big one. And that was where I really understood like how bizarre and the how defenses cult, for that? Yeah, how cult-like this this ideology is. I'd like, like to see you transition to a woman and fight women. It'd be a lot of fun. People, <laughs> fucking, to have, what, 12 murder charges? <laughs> that would be the fun part? It doesn't make any sense. No, of course not. The bone structure is so different, and people that deny that are fucking crazy. I know. That's, that, that is silly, man. It's or like, what if, what if I like transition, whatever, anyone, a man, and does uh, powerlifting? Well, like, people have done that, and they're winning and breaking all these records. Of course they are. Yeah. And why are we like? Why are we not stopping being like that? Doesn't no. That doesn't. Because count. we want to save people's feelings. Exactly. And silly. What's really fascinating is in the process of being super progressive, you you go towards the most maligned uh, part section of society, which is like transgender people, and so everybody else who also has been marginalized by society like women mm -hmm. women get put on a they get put in a less protected category right. than transgender women right so a man becomes a more protected class of woman yeah than a, a natural born woman herself that's very interesting it's that, crazy that is it's very true also yeah it's crazy because yeah. all these women that got beaten up by that man who became a woman who yeah. started fighting in MMA fought two women before ever disclosing the fact that she used to be a man mm -hmm. because she said it was a medical issue that had nothing to do with them which is just shows you how completely insane the logic behind all Did this she is. still fight this <clears throat> she hasn't in a while but uh, now everybody knows she lost to a woman who she did yeah who oh. an actual woman who wound up uh, yeah I said actual fuck off yeah people are like what? Did, you, oh, Which, did you say actual but woman that's, but did that's you wild. say that what did you say <laughs> but that's wild right that a woman beat she's not woman? good no oh. she's not good because she's not a good fighter no she's just strong yeah like there's nothing you you don't look at her and think like oh she fights like Chris Cyborg or she boxes like Claressa Shields. No, she's not that unbelievably talented. Right. She's just physically way Super different. Strong. Yeah. She's a fucking man. Yeah. She's a man for thirty years. Yeah. Had children. This was when it, when I knew it was crazy. I got in a conversation with someone and online with this woman was like, she's always been a man. I go, even when she got another woman pregnant and had children with her, and she goes, yes, even then. She was a woman. She was a woman. She yeah. was a woman that fucked another woman and got her pregnant. 
Okay. What? Just hang up. What? Yeah. What are we doing? I know. Like, this is so crazy. You got to tap out of those conversations. Like, even Bruce Jenner, when he transitioned to Caitlyn Jenner and then eventually got his his surgery, right? Mm -hmm. got, or her surgery, become... She said, even before the surgery, though, it didn't change anything. I was always 100% a woman. Okay? Then because, why get surgery? Well, because you're thinking that uh, gender is just with genitalia. That's Who your me? mistake. You, personally. Oh, okay. And that's, that's the what mistake. What is it? It's, it's, gender's not just genitals. It's in your mind. Right. So, so it's also like that's facial why you, reconstruction. That's why you just said something fucking stupid, and I just <laughs> let you know. How dumb that was. So what is the difference? Someone said that uh, there's gender and then there's there's biological sex and that gender is the operating system and biological sex is the hardware. 100% agree. <laughs> yeah, makes sense. <sighs> Outrage over transgender female weightlifter <laughs> who destroyed her rivals by hoisting 19 kilograms more than the runner-up now she's a contender for the Commonwealth Games. That's mm. uh, yeah, yeah. Guess what? Yeah. Oh my God! Look at the size what of her. What the fuck, Laurel? She's a goddamn gorilla. So made her international weightlifting debut in Melbourne. It's about forty on pounds more than the second place person. <sighs> yeah. Jesus. What in the fucking holy hell? Is oh that, my yeah, God! Look at the her. size of her. Fuck. Um, yeah, can you, and you imagine if you're a biological woman who's been training and working hard all her life. Yeah. And then all of a sudden you have to compete with this. And you're like, I'm first place, yeah. bitch. Like, and she's giant. Like, look at the yeah. size of her head, her formerly male head. Yeah. That's a giant woman. That's just a way to get medals. Well, it's, it's sandbagging. Yeah. That's what a lot of it is. That's fucked up, man. That is, that's what, that is what a lot of it is. That's not fair. And people don't want to admit not fair. that. Yeah. Sandbagging, if you don't know what it means, is like you would get that in martial arts tournaments. Like, say you would have a tournament, and the tournament would be um, like for blue belts only, which yeah. is like one rank above white belt. Mm -hmm. And then guys would be like a black belt in judo, and they would enter into the blue belt division and of, stomp oh, yeah. everybody. Right. And you're they're like, like, I don't oh. have a belt in that. Right. Yeah. yeah. But he's sandbagging. Like, you know what they're doing. Yeah. And everybody knows what they're doing. You see that shit. And you, you see, you, there's, there's a lot of that where people just want to win. Mm -hmm. And the way they can win is by competing against people that are not on their same level. Sure. If you don't think that people do that when they switch over from being a man for 30 years and then competing as a woman and not tell them and just start smashing these That's women. so If obvious. you don't think there's something in that, then yeah. you don't understand athletics. Yeah. You don't understand competition. You don't understand sandbaggers, and you don't understand the kind of people that wouldn't tell people about that in the first place. Sure, yeah. But they don't want to look at it that way. They want to. Everything has to go through the filter of being progressive. So you have to err on the the side of being the the most open-minded, the most liberal, and the most progressive. Yeah. Which I'm a hundred percent for. If women want to fight a transgender woman, if a right. woman wants to, I think you should be able to ride bulls i think you should be able to skydive i think you should be able to do uh, fucking bungee jumping i think you should do a lot you should be able to do a lot of ridiculous crazy dangerous shit you should be able to do flips with bmx bikes why shouldn't you be able to fight a man yeah why shouldn't you be able to fight a transgender woman a woman who used to be a man you should be able to if you're a man if you're, and you're a, up for it yeah if you're a woman rather and you're 130 pounds you want to fight a 130 pound 100% man, no no transgender, no nothing. If you want to do that, you yeah. should be allowed to. Yeah. You should be allowed to. I don't advise it. I think it's a terrible idea for you. Yeah. You're going to get pummeled. 
Well, if it's a good fighter, you are. <coughs> There's just... What is this? What's going on here? Bodybuilder. What are you showing me, Jen? It's, uh, oh, it's, powerlifting. Yeah, the article says this person can't decide to compete as a man or a woman, and this is what they look like. Well, they can. can't decide whether to compete as a man or a woman? That's, That's what, what he used to look like on the left? Yeah. Fucking A, man. And then, oh my God, he was super jacked. And now he is on the right, yeah. and he's the... But he looks like he's still a man. Says he hasn't uh, trans tran transitioned yet. Still oh, lives wow. his life okay. as both. He lives his life as both. Yeah. yeah. See, this is where you're seeing that there's some of these fucking people have mental illness. Yeah. Like there was an ep episode of Radio Lab where this one guy, who's also a girl, um, switches back and forth, and under pressure he changes. Like he's Paul or he's Cindy. And this is what on what. Radio Lab's okay. podcast, uh -huh. and but Radio Lab is so fucking left wing, and I love them; they're amazing. Yeah. But they're so left wing and so progressive that they are unwilling to note and, and and even even address the preposterous nature of this fucking person who's like, "I just switched. Now I'm Cindy. Right now. Now I'm back to Paul. Mm. I'm back to Paul now. In the conversation. Yes, in the conversation. Like I just okay. turned over. Like, oh, you did. Yeah. Oh, you're this special creature that can just go back and forth and and switch genders yeah. or. Are you fucking crazy, Paul slash Cindy? Yeah. We would never have violated Paige's wishes in this story. It's an unfortunate understanding. What did, what did, he, what did he pull this up? This is their note when they had to change the whole story, remember? They had to go back because they got mad that they misgendered them in the original podcast. Oh. How do they misgender if she goes back and forth? They have to keep up at the moment? Yeah. Ah! <laughs> so, so they misgendered how? Where they called her a him? Um. Or him or her? Which one's the misgendering? So miscommunication was between the reporter and the actual person they were talking to. Yeah, the person's fucking crazy. You can't just go back and forth and back and forth. Like, cut the shit. You know, I mean, this this oh, whole thing is just look, preposterous. The, the upcoming, they will remove references to the name she no longer recognizes. Does that mean that afterwards? <laughs> afterwards, she, she like, decided to go full female. That's what happened. What you keep so, calling me Craig for, man? <laughs> so at one point in time during the show she she switches like, come on I'm, man i'm paul now i'm paul now now yeah. i'm back to cindy cindy's cindy's light you can cindy's happy cindy's loose you cindy doesn't care psychiatric help at this well, point at one point in time we see here's the thing you're not allowed to say that when it comes to gender when it comes to anything else if you like oh i recognize as a wood elf i'm a wood elf you know that's how i that's how i identify yeah I, i'm a sprite I yeah. should be in the forest flying yeah. around with the butterflies. Like, people go, oh, he probably has, has an issue. That guy's schizophrenic. Yeah. 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 But if it's a guy who's built like Brock Lesnar, yeah. who's like, you know, I've always identified as, Amanda. as a, a small, thin yeah. woman who. People are like, yeah. Who dances. Totally cool. Yeah. You should respect that. Yeah, we should respect that. When it comes to gender, gender That's is true. this weird thing that we allow all sorts of very illogical Isn't that behavior. Wild? Like, yeah, like these. 78 plus gender step but by the way they're adding more there's more like there, there weren't enough there's more gender pronouns now than ever before but like if it's a guy at a bus stop who's like i am the president you don't go like oh we should respect the fuck out of that right now right you're just like oh my he God. identifies as the leader of the free world yeah. we should address that no you're supposed to be like hey stand over here <sighs> yeah when it comes to gender we're supposed to we give like a lot of leeway we let a lot of things slide that's yeah, true. Yeah. And I think it's f for good reason. I think the, the good part of it is that 
we recognize that there are people that really do wish that they were a woman and would like you to call them a woman and why not let let the guy become a gal sure. and maybe they'll be happier that way and and it shows i guess it shows acceptance and kindness on our part to just allow that to happen true but the problem with that is is a goddamn slippery slope and a lot of this weirdness that's going on is people trying to control other people's behavior and one of the ways they try to do that is try to get you to use words that they've made up yeah this is where you're seeing how preposterous it is the it's, level the number of pronouns is also 78 just, i mean i understand somebody saying like i don't identify like i understand that concept it's not right too hard to understand but where it's like i also have free reign on a hundred words <laughs> that you should possibly know to address me by yeah it's like what are you fucking why are you bothering everybody yeah like, what, what is, is that what well, you get off on well you become special that way yeah of course you get special rights special privileges special attention you get it's I, just special consideration i remember i'm trying to remember if my uh yeah i'm uh, yeah yeah I've, I've had on my profile on twitter for a long time like if you read my first <laughs> bio sentence I'm a comedian. Is this comedian Zimzer? That's my <laughs> pronouns. But nobody respects it. <laughs> well, I didn't even know Zim. Yeah, I, Zim is a big one. It's big. I know Zer, Z-H-E-R. Or Z-E-R, yeah. Zimzer, mm, yeah. Yeah. Those are... These motherfuckers. There's just so many. Yeah. What does it say? We were really feeling dog cunts? What does it say there? <laughs> <laughs> what does it say there in his tweet? We're really feeling dog cunts and want to thank the people of Australia for bringing it to our attention. Well, then we saw this this clip where this guy, if you hit view there, he's like doing this video. And it's, we just heard him say, I was like, I've never heard somebody say that. He, he uh, I, can you play it or no? I don't know. He, um, Dog cunts. I like dog cunts. I've never heard dog cunt. Have I've you? never heard that before. It's really life. good. Dog cunts. <laughs> yeah, it's really good. He, <laughs> he drinks a beer. And he's like dog cunts. He's an Australian guy. We're like fucking a. And then all these Australian people were like, "That's right. That's one of the things we say here." Like, what does it mean? Uh, they, I actually got really great um, explanations of it uh, about how how common it is there. Let me see. This guy wrote. Oh well, first of all, guy goes no, no problem. That's that is how we talk here. A dog in Australia is like a dirty rat or an ugly person or a dishonest person. We use it to put people down. So it's like, you know, if somebody you say dog, a dog like is like a shitty person. Oh okay. So um, it says someone wrote. There's a lot of shit cunts here too. Um, <laughs> uh, I like shit cunt. He said it's two insults because dog is a common insult. So, and this guy is a total. This guy is a total bogan, which is a like a white trash redneck. Um, the other guy said if you say you fucking dog cunt to the wrong type of Aussie, you might get stabbed with a sharpened toothbrush multiple times. And he said it's a snitch in bogan slang. Oh. So a dog cunt's a, a, a snitch. A dog cunt is a snitch. Yeah. So a hmm. mad cunt is a good bloke. A sick cunt is a like a professional BMX rider, a fat cunt is Bert, um, and a dog cunt's a shitty person. Oh. If you see your mate uh, and he ditches you for a girl on a night out, he's a fucking dog cunt. Oh. Yeah. If you see your mate, your buddy, he and ditches he ditches you. you for a gal. He's a fucking dog cunt. Mm. Mate. What's he supposed to do? Like, what if he can get laid? 
supposed to hang out with you, man. You guys had plans. Uh, I don't fucking know. At a certain point in time. Yeah. Like, what if she's really hot? Like That changes everything. Kate up in her prime. If she's super she, she smoking hot. Banging out right now. Then your friend's being a dog cunt for getting upset at you, I think. Mm. Interesting. Kate Upton. Interesting. Huh? You know what's interesting? I don't know where I came up with her. I'm having a hard time pulling it. hot chicks' names for references on the fly. I don't yeah. know why. The other day I said Jennifer Beale from Flashdance. I was like, where? What? Hey, man, that's a special How? place in your mind. That's all uh, it is. I guess. Yeah. Uh, I think we all go to like an era. I, yeah. I would do that too. Be like, fucking Kathy Ireland, smoke show. Oh. Yeah. Yeah. She's like 80 now. Yeah. But that's because there was a time when I was really stroking to her. Were you? Probably. Yeah. I mean, I'm sure. When like that Sports Illustrated was coming out, I was probably like 13 or something. So, yeah, that would have been prime time. Wow. That era, it's like when you discover what a hot woman is. When you discover what a hot woman is. Ooh, yeah. she's like someone's mom now. Oh, definitely. Elle McPherson? That's what she used to look like. Yeah, Damn. so that right there. Well, it's got to be so hard for those women to let that go. Yeah, and to, to be that hot yeah. and celebrated for it. And now to be just like a regular get, oh, a nice Jesus. lady with pearls. Nice, nice gal. Someone's mom. Yeah. yeah, I think the thing about the, the SI stuff when the sports when the swimsuit issue would come out is that they they were kind of household names and kind of not. So you felt like you knew something by learning their name. Do you know what I mean? Like because it wasn't a movie star, uh, a swimsuit model was like learning that name. I'm talking about like as a teenager. Mm -hmm. You I, in a bizarre way you thought like you knew them better because you knew their name. You know, so like I would be like, oh, Kathy Ireland, Elle McPherson, and then people would catch on, but you'd learn their names and feel like you knew something. I don't know. It's really weird. Really? Yeah, I think you so. You felt like you were better than people that didn't know their names? I think at 12 and 13, definitely. Was it like a sports thing? Yes, like, it's like knowing stats. Like, right. that dude's 6'9", 245, so he can really fucking move, man. Yeah. <laughs> like, you know, then you feel like you know more. Yeah, that was always a thing, right? When you were young, to be able to pull out sports stats and, and, and players' names, to yeah. know the entire lineup. It's really crazy. I, yeah. I saw this thing, uh, Artie Lang. Do you know that he can name for like 40 years who played in World Series and like like the two teams that played? But I'm talking about you can be like 1958. He's like, that was Cardinals versus Mets, game four, this happened. Like he knows, he knows a, like a span of 40 or 50 years by memory. Wow. Like that's some that's that's some really really ridiculous stats to know. Well, he's a fucking banana baseball fan. Yeah, but this it's, level of it is really I've never seen anything like that before. Why doesn't he do like sports radio then? He did for a while, didn't he? he was might that thing have. that he did with Nick DiPaolo? Wasn't that like a sports radio show? I'm not sure. I'm not sure. I know. What is really he doing now? He he checked himself into rehab, right? Um, I think so. Because he was doing the show with uh, Anthony Cumia. Yeah. And I then think. I think he checked himself into rehab. I think so, yeah, which is good. <sighs> I, yeah. He just did He did that last, uh, or the new season of Crashing, the HBO show, Pete Holmes show. Uh, he's, he's one of the guests or one of the stars? No, I, he's, one of, he's a cast member, I think. Oh, is he? I think so, because he was on it the first season, and, yeah, he returned. Oh, poor guy. He loves the drugs. Yeah. And the hard ones. He's a true addict. Yeah. 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 You're like, you got to wonder. He's so funny, though. It's and hilarious. Like, and that's, uh, like I said, that, that sports knowledge he has is fucking crazy. Do you have sports knowledge? You have a lot of sports knowledge. No. Not I mean, like that. I know some some random things. Right. You know, I know some things like, I mean, I basically, like I said, I like college football. And so, like, I can, I can hold a conversation 
with different levels of college football fans. Like I can, I could talk to a super fan and, and hang with them in that conversation, but I'm not like, I can tell you every championship game for the last 20. No, no. Right. I remember people, teams winning and stuff for sure. But I don't, I don't have a level that you'd be like, dude, what type of autism do you have? Like that is like, so like savant level shit where it's like, you're such an expert in one field, you know, like all these weird stats you retain. I'm not like that. Yeah, yeah. There's. You ever see uh, Al Franken draw the United States like that? No. He's got this weird ability to draw every state. Like he, well, yeah, all fifty states. He draws really? the shape of them, puts it together in the in. He draws the United States by freehand. Really? Yeah. That's very weird. Like his ability to do that. Like, look at this. Look at this. This is before everybody knew he grabbed butts. What? Allegedly. That's already impressive. Yeah. Just that. Yeah. No, he does the entire country completely freehand. And it's an accurate map of the country. How, how is this possible? Well, because he's a real patriot. This is one of the things that's kind of disturbing and sad about this whole Al Franken thing. The worst they got out of him was that he may or may not have grabbed someone's butt when he took pictures with him. I don't know if he did or he didn't, <coughs> but that's this is basically it. Incredible. And he's resigning. He's not going to yeah. be a senator anymore. No, he's done. And but they didn't get him on anything like completely horrible. It was just like he may or may not have squozen someone's butt. Few people's butts. How many? I don't five? know. Five. A few butts. A few yeah. butts. A few butts. Like five or six. butts? That's really impressive, actually. Yeah, man. It it's really very is. impressive. And. This I mean, is, yeah. I mean, he does California the whole deal? Look, come on. Oh, there's even Alaska. does Alaska and Hawaii. You can do the states. Come on. Yeah. Two thousand. That's the state fair. That's where we grab state butts. Free. He would yeah, grab he butts at the state butts fair. Back there. Yeah. Well, he was all high on his performance. Yeah. He just was feeling. I'm the fucking king of the world. I can see how it could happen. I had my butt grabbed a bunch. Taking pictures with women? For sure. After shows, yeah. yeah. I've oh, never yeah. grabbed. I'm like, nah, that's just not, I don't do it. But I could see how people's butts would get grabbed. Bill Burr was talking about it on his podcast. It's like there's a particular type of woman in her 40s, drunk, a yep. little loud, getting kind of crazy. Yep. And those are the ones going to grab your ass. They'll grab your ass. <laughs> they'll say, like, uh, can I, they'll say, can I pinch your nipple? Or, and they'll say something. And before you can even say no, they'll like, boom, they're going they'll, for it. They'll go for it. Yikes. Yep. yep. Yeah, yeah. There's some, and they're they're always boozed up. They're never like yeah. It's always alcohol. Yeah, yeah. Alcohol is the catalyst for all shitty behavior and decision making. By the way, did you see that Born Strong doc? You see that? On What's Netflix? that? Born Strong is this documentary about the uh, world's strongest man competition. No, it's really fucking interesting, man. And yeah? like, these guys are such fucking like not normal species of human, you know? Oh, is it like the Iceland guys? Yes. They're doing those powerlifting competitions and they and do stuff? it like the, they go to the Arnold Classic every year. Oh, and these like, guys. These guys are such fucking beasts, man. I mean, it is like, it. it's not, I mean, this dude does an 1,100-pound deadlift. What? Yeah. Eddie, six foot two, 400 pounds. Yeah. These guys. So unhealthy for you to be that big. Well, that guy... Is interesting. He was a national champion swimmer. Wow. Yeah, as a kid. Like a thin guy. Yes, lean and thin. And he he's competing against guys 
most of the guys he competes against are like uh that guy's the next smallest basically everyone all the other guys are like six eight six nine four ten four twenty four thirty and the 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 swimmer guy has to eat like all day and they explain the physiology look at that size of that guy six eight four twenty seven <coughs> i mean they're just jesus christ they're so they're so crazy but this this level of competition is this is the guy from uh game of thrones right here he's yeah. a competitor too but it's like the physiology of um eating that much to sustain the muscle mm -hmm. eventually you have to put on the weight like the, you need the fat and they explain how you know this guy's like his physique is like that he's just kind of put together that way but most of the guys have these big barrel bellies mm. and, and a, a doctor explains how at a certain level of consumption the these guys all basically get bellies you know like because people are like why do they have to get fat and just as you think that they start explaining it so when you're that big and you're lifting that much weight, you have to be fat? Yes. That's basically what the guy says. Hmm. But the Game of Thrones guy's not really that fat. But I think it's for, but he's the one of the unique cases where he is actually a, like built to be a fucking Viking. In other words, right. the other guys are eating so much to sustain themselves, be able to pick up and recover from all this crazy weightlifting. He's a guy who like is essentially born walking around six eight, right. three ninety five or whatever. The yeah, fuck. like he's a unique freak. Huh. The other guys have to eat crazy amounts of food. I mean, they show what one of these guys eats. It would blow your mind. He force feeds himself like nine times a day, and he has to. He said he has to. Yeah. And has he ever tried to not do it and see like if he's less strong? I think so. Yeah, I Isn't think that so. Weird that force feeding yourself makes yourself stronger. Yeah. Yeah, it really is interesting. I mean, like, why? Why do you get stronger if you're fatter? Or I do you know. need that much food to keep the muscles up? And if you just eat that much food to keep the muscles up, there's going to be a certain amount of fat. That's kind on. of yeah. I think that's more of the, the the way it goes. Do they talk about steroids? Um, no, not really. No, well, that's a bullshit documentary. Then I don't feel like they did. These fucking guys. No, no one. They no one wants to admit it. That's a weird thing about that world. That's the swimmer guy. Look at him on the wow, wall. Wow, he was all lean and yeah. Gay porno -y. Yeah. <coughs> Not that he was. I'm just saying, if you were going to... It was a film about a guy working out in the backyard and a bunch of guys showed up to suck his dick. That would be the guy. <laughs> then you'd believe it. Believe this is real life. <sighs> the fact that one of those guys could just become a woman and just enter into women's weightlifting competitions is <laughs> so And they would be like, be respectful. Don't yeah. bring up the past. She's a woman. She's always been a woman. God, she beat the competition by an astounding 600 pounds. <laughs> Weird. <laughs> really crazy. Yeah, beat the second runner-up by 40 pounds. No big deal. It's normal. Sure. Super normal. It happens. No, no. Everybody does it. No. No. We're going to look back on these days, and it's going gonna, it's gonna to be uh, an astounding sort of observation on mass, mass thinking, like groupthink. Like what happens when people are scared of expressing themselves honestly? Yeah, and, and and expressing controversial points of view because of the time and the culture. Yeah, like what it you know, what what ramifications it has. Like by the way, here's here's what's weird. I'm and I don't know if it's good or bad. It's not a judgment call, but I am. I know so many people whose children are now transgender. 
A lot? Yeah, like five or six. Where really? I, I didn't know any before. Like all, all when I was here? growing up. All in California? Yeah, or? yeah. Wow. Well, one of them in Canada. But yeah, really important. What's this? Toronto, Toronto Furies. Jessica Platt is a CWHL's first openly transgender player. Now, she used to be a woman, and now is a man. Used to be a man, now is a woman. And she's playing women's hockey? Yeah. Okay. Fuck that. That's crazy. I just got to fuck people this up. Is, yeah, it's hockey. Guess who's an all-star this year? Yeah. It's Jessica. Yeah, take take that fucking mountain from the Game of Thrones. Put him in a skirt. Yeah. See, see how many people he plows over like a goddamn human bowling ball. Oh, my God. <laughs> that dude's so fucking strong. It's crazy. It's just, if you're going to play sports, there should be, look, there are f- physical freaks that are women. There's no doubt about that. There's some women that are just physical freaks. And there's some women that also take steroids. Mm-hmm. That's a, that's another very controversial issue because you have women that are ingesting large amounts of male hormones and changing their physiology, and then they also compete against women. But then there's women who are just women. Yeah. What about them? How about looking out for them? How about not letting them get their head smashed in by it's a man? It's just not fair, man. That's what it's it not. comes down to. It's, it's not. not fair. But it's also it's, it just it just shows you how silly people have gotten and about how weird we are about looking at things and that everyone is so and because they don't have they don't really have a personal stake in the game everyone is so concerned about being viewed as being incredibly progressive and open-minded yeah that they don't want to criticize so it's really interesting point because if you really put yourself in a competition you care about say like it's important to you to win imagine yourself competing in something where it's important to you to win yeah. And they go, but then we're going to have this person in, and those are the circumstances. You would, you'd be the first one to be like, fuck that. Yeah. That is not fair. And those women get ta- called bigots. Yeah. It gets, it's really strange. Yeah, that is very strange. Those women get like attacked online. Like there's a bunch of women that didn't want to fight that transgender man who became a woman the, in MMA, and they got called bigots and transphobe. And the, and the transgender people, that community is like super aggressive about defending that intellectual turf, hmm. defending that idea. See, that's an interesting place is like where <laughs> where you go because you have to have empathy for, let's say, this transgender person who's like, I want to compete. And you're like, yeah, you should be able to compete. But how is how is this circumstance fair to both sides, you know, to those women that that are ready they to compete? They also want attention. Thing? Part of part of the wanting to compete is also wanting attention, yeah, and wanting everyone to know that you're a man who transitioned to a woman, and that there's, look, there's a lot of energy in that. There's a yeah. lot of people that are paying attention to that, and and anybody who says no, that's preposterous. People they want their privacy when it comes to these matters, and they they're not they don't want to be open to the ridicule. Bullshit, bullshit. They 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 want attention, hundred percent. It's why they're competing. It's yeah. what they're doing. It's why they're letting everybody know they're the first openly transgender woman. It's a lot of this is about, I mean, some of it is about transgender rights. It's about transparency and showing people how many of those folks are out there. Sure. A lot of it's about horseshit. Yeah, there's a lot of attention. A lot of it. I mean, for you to sign up for that competition when you know what's what, yeah, it's well, definitely attention getting. Especially things like powerlifting and MMA, like... To deny that there's some sort of a difference in the male frame. There's also a lot of horseshit when it comes to like what actually happens to the body yeah. during transition and how much strength you lose and how much bone mass you lose. And 
there's a woman named Dr. Ramona Krutzik, I think that's her name, and they interviewed her, and she's one of the very few people that's been interviewed about this. It's an actual endocrinologist that's not a um, gender transition mm -hmm. doctor, because that's what a lot of them are. A lot of the people that talk about these things and have these these discussions about these things that are hashtag experts, yeah. they're actually transition doctors. So right. they have a vested interest in sort of expressing the ideology that there's no physical advantage and that these women, you know, they once they have been under these hormonal treatments for X amount of years, they become physiologically a woman and there's no distinction between them and a biological woman. But this one woman, Dr. Ramona Krutzik, she wrote a... a an article for, I want to say it was, it was either SB Nation or Bloody Elbow. I forget what it was, but they interviewed her, and she was saying not only do you not lose bone density, but you you maintain it because you're taking estrogen. Right. She's like, well, the, the idea is that like a man has more bone density; they're thicker, they're built different, yeah, and that you would lose a lot of that in your transition to being a woman, but you don't lose the bone density because estrogen is actually what causes people to maintain their bone density when they're older, when they're women. Like that's one of the things that happens to women when they get older; they get osteoporosis. Yeah, but part of the problem is that your your body doesn't produce as much estrogen as it used to, and so you have a lack of bone density. One way to heighten that. Is, is to supplement with estrogen. Yeah, interesting. So it actually maintains bone density. So, that, yeah. so it's a good argument. Yeah, yeah, but they're not the same as men <coughs> because they don't have testosterone anymore. And if they're not taking exogenous testosterone, they're definitely going to have a disadvantage against men. But they still would have an advantage against men, about against women, rather. They have course. a mechanical advantage. Of course. But it's also a mental advantage. There's a reaction advantage. Um, the, the reaction time is quicker with uh, with men than it is with women. Like there's a bunch of weird 3D space recognition d d advantages that men have. It's like, and then there's the thing that people want to pretend that there's no difference between men and women. There's that group. Do you know that's, about that group? No, but that seems like so stupid to even entertain the idea. <laughs> no, that's this is a common thing among the most ridiculous of the progressives is that there's no biological difference in the sexes. What? Well, how could anything support that's so dumb? <laughs> but, but it is dumb, but it shows you how insane a lot of this thinking is, is that this group think, this mass progressive thought process, yeah. that they just accept things that, that are totally irrational and then repeat them as ad nauseum. Like we played this one clip where there, it seems like it's a transgender man, to, a woman to man who's saying... She was talking, uh, there was a Jordan Peterson debate, and she was saying there's no biological difference between the sex, and I'd be happy to unpack that for you. Oh, really? Like, uh, oh, you'd be happy to unpack yeah. biology. Sure. And just No difference at all in no. our biology? There's no, it's not real. Okay. There's no biological basis in, in sex and gender. What? Right. <laughs> what did I say? Is this an expert? Are you a bigot? Yes. I'm sorry. Are you transphobic? Are you a bigot? Is this an this is an expert? No. But she's teaching at a college. Oh, that's yeah, that would fall. But that's what a lot of go, a lot's going on. There's a lot of that going on in colleges where people are teaching unbelievably ridiculous shit. I got pace. Yeah. Go for sorry, it, buddy. Go for it. Oh my god. Da da da. Tommy Buns hasn't done the three hour podcast in a while. No. Doesn't have the kind of bladder for it. We can go live too, by the way. We can go live. We're back. I just go live oh. now. But well, it's too late. Yeah. We'll go live with Tyron. He comes in earlier, later. Um, people are parking in front of our garage again. Yeah. These fuckheads. Yeah. So young Jamie, um, 
this game that Tommy Buns and Ari Shafir and Burt yeah. Kreischer went to, this was a game that you were interested in as well? I was watching it. It was actually a, a really, really good game. They were they took the side of Georgia, who turned out to not be the victors, but the final five minutes of the game was insane. And you as a non-football fan could probably watch it and enjoy it too. Really? Yeah. Now, let me ask you this, because this is what I was going to ask. Is there any other sport like football that has the kind of attention on the college level? Because does basketball have that kind of attention? Do people care as During, much about a championship game? In March. In March. March, March Madness. Oh, they, that's what March Madness marketed, is. Marketed thing. But not baseball. Baseball, no. No. They do have a college World Series. But, but nobody gives a fuck about that. in the summer when no one's paying attention. Hmm. But that's it as far as in terms of other sports, right? I mean, there's no other ones. Yeah, I was just trying to think. Wrestling has a, got a little attention, but it's very small. But in their world, they sell out arenas and whatnot. That's just not televised. Right, but in wrestling, it's really only other. I mean, it's like wrestling fans that are into yeah, it. It's even, not a national thing. Even then, I feel, I'm pretty sure not every college has a wrestling team. Just like um, they almost all have a, a football team, almost all have a basketball team. They don't all have wrestling teams. Yeah, you know, one of the things that they were highlighting, I was reading this article about um, the coaches and about how the coaches were getting these large bonuses for victory. And uh, they, were, it was, they were saying how crazy it is that the kids that are playing aren't getting any money, but that these fucking coaches are making shit tons of money and that the university profits massively from these successful football programs. And yet these athletes who are damaging their brain, damaging their body, and then a large percentage of them are never even going to go on to a career in professional sports. So I was just pulling this up. This oh, Here's another pop-up. But uh, this summer, I think it was right before the basketball season started, this uh, scandal hit the world. Rick Pitino is, I think he might have been running the athletic program in some capacity. I don't know if he was the AD, but he was definitely the, he's like one of the top basketball coaches in the country. Mm-hmm. And he was getting 98% of the cash of this deal they had with Adidas. <laughs> and so Did you know about this deal? No, but that's, that's so much He money. raked in 98% of the cash from the University of Louisville's current Adidas deal. How is that possible? It, it's, uh, it's, uh, it's hard to explain how it can even happen. If you watch the movie Blue Chips from the 90s, they sort of almost tap into it. But this that was 15 years even before this is happening, so there's a whole extra world going on. But. Look what he said. This is what's funny. The reporter asked him if some of the proceeds would be shared with the university. He says, in quotes, it's for the athletic department. Junk replied. How do you say his name? Jurek. Jurek yeah. replied. Yeah, it's for these student athletes. It's been earmarked for them. Ha! In fact, under the current deal with Adidas, which explain, which expires July 1st, 98% of the cash provided by Adidas goes to one person, Rick Pitino, the now suspended head coach. That's fucking crazy. <laughs> Look at the next sentences. <laughs> oh, it's my like... God. 2015, 2016, for example, $1.5 million went to Pitino under his personal services agreement with the apparel company while just $25,000 went to the program, according to the contract obtained by the Courier-Journal under the state's Public Records Act. Whoa. The year before, the department got ten grand, And he got $1.5 million. <laughs> That's incredible. How, why do they pay him so much? How does he, that work? He can recruit. Uh, it's so he can recruit the kids to the school because he's got the name, and w- whether or not he's got some sort of ability to sell them also, you know, I don't know that, but. 
he can bring them in because he's got a uh, almost a franchise of national championships or at least ability to be on national TV and yeah, in that, that big March Madness tournament I'm telling you about like he'll get your eyes on there which gets you with the NBA contract which is the old old dream wow. and he can sell that they can sell that dream to them those NBA deals are the best fucking deals in the world the the guaranteed contracts to play and the shoe deals those shoe, shoe deal, deals are big dude the right? shoe deals for those guys the NBA guys for the top tier guys, which is of course a very select few, but it's nine figures before they ever play ball. Like they're they're signing like hundred million dollar deals Jesus. before they play professional basketball. That's crazy. Yeah, there's fucking amazing and outrageous amounts of money. I mean, I, I w we were talking about Under Armour about how one what was the player that said nobody wants to play in Under Armour? Yeah, Kevin Durant said that, and he sank the stock. Like by saying that, because yeah. like, universities have deals with sneaker companies, sure. and that no one wanted to play for Maryland because they didn't want to play with Under Armour because they didn't want to wear Under Armour, and everything just went. Aah! Hilarious. And they've been struggling ever since. Really? Yes. It's amazing to me the way Under Armour has been able to compete. Period. Like that is so outrageous. That that's a former University of Maryland student athlete. I think he was a student athlete, and that. He was able to start an apparel company, athletic company, and really actually compete with Adidas and Nike. I mean, that is so nuts. It would be like you starting a fucking car tomorrow, and then you're <laughs> like, yeah, it's you, you, Porsche, BMW, or a Joe car. What do you like? Like, <laughs> it's fucking that. It's that's how nuts that is to break into that field. Really? Yeah. Fuck yeah, it is, man. That they have that shit so locked down. They have such deep pockets. Their 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 levels of endorsements and like what he started doing, the Under Armour guy wouldn't even pay. Like now they have paid endorsed athletes, but at first people were just liking the gear. He he was like one of the first ones that developed that, you know, that like tight fit, breathe right, mm -hmm. um, like compression gear. Right. And like he developed some of it and would like give it to. Uh, like former pe like people he knew at University of Maryland that were now like in the pro and they're like oh, I like this shit and so does my boy you know throw us some more of that and it was like that it was like you know just kind of a very organic way of developing of like somebody it'd be like if you bake something and you're like oh that tastes good like can you make me another one for me and my friends like, it know, was, was like that I was reading something really interesting where they were saying that they're they're fucking up the brand because they've put them into discount stores Mm. That they're trying to raise the sales, and by raising the sales, they put them in the discount stores. And by putting them in the discount stores, they're going to change the way people look at the brand. It's not going to be worth as much. I, that's probably very realistic, man. Wow. That's very interesting. It's weird. People think so weird. I know. Like, if you saw a pair of Nikes at a discount store, would you, like, go, oh, fuck Nike? I ain't wearing that. Like, it, that wouldn't, that means zero to me. Yeah, no. And they have, I mean, and Nike has uh, outlet stores, which is like discount Nikes, yeah. you know? So that's, that's kind of weird, but it is true about how, I mean, the other one is like that big baller brand. They're basically attempting to compete in the apparel world. That's LeVar Ball, right? Yeah. That's the that guy that got in that crazy thing because his son was arrested yes. in China for shoplifting. Yes. Was it China? He was in China, yeah. He was shoplifting, and then Trump says he got him out. Yeah. And the dad says he didn't get him out. Yeah. It's that that's him, man. And I then mean, the dad is, you know, Trump's calling the dad a fool. Like, yeah. What happened? That Trump's I mean, well, that guy's very brash. 
Uh, LeVar Ball. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. But, I mean, I think, you know, that guy knows what he's doing, man. As far as, as far as PR, definitely. He knows he's going to say some wild shit, and he knows people are going to be like, oh, my God, what did he say? And then he knows that that gets him more press, and, like, it, it kind of just feeds itself. Right. And people act like, can you believe the fucking crazy shit that asshole just said? And he's like, yeah, that's what I do. <laughs> and that's why you keep putting me on this show. But sort of like Trump when he was running for president. 100%. It's the same school of thought. And now, though, that guy, so he has a son named Lonzo, plays for the Lakers, who's a right. first-round first draft pick, like a, a, a top-tier player from UCLA. Then his other son, well, his two more sons, one of them was on UCLA's team this year, got arrested for shoplifting in China. If he hadn't been released, if it wasn't high publicity, you know, highly publicized thing, he definitely could have gone to jail for a while in China. They don't fuck around, you know? Right. So, but anyways, when he got out and he came back, LeVar pulled him from, like, from school, from UCLA, and also pulled his 16-year-old son out of high school and flew them to Lithuania, where they're now playing, both of them are playing professional basketball in Lithuania. And professional. Professional well, basketball. Air quotes. Jamie did the air quotes. Yeah, that's got to be in big air quotes. Um, yeah. Sure. Well, I mean, there's definitely some some good players that come out of there, but it's like, um, I mean, it, it is a circus over there. If you see like how it was when they arrived, it was it's like some it's w crazy the reception, you know. So what is he trying to do now? He's trying to start some new league. He's trying to do a couple things. He started a brand, big baller brand, and you know that's like their ball and big, and, and mm -hmm. came out with these shoes. They're basically five hundred dollar retail sneakers. And if you're like, that's expensive, he's like, because you're not a big baller, bitch. That's why, you know, that's like. But are they like made by a real organization, well, like Adidas? He, no, no, no. Says no. No, no, they're not made <laughs> by it. Definitely not. And he, and by the way, the son <laughs> that's in the NBA turned down real money, like real fucking money, because he was like, I the, the father demanded that you basically pay to develop this brand from the big uh, apparel guys. Like, give us like a billion dollar contract. And like, develop this brand. What? And they were like, "No, we're not doing that." And he's like, "Well, then we're not even going to talk to you about endorsing my son." What? Yeah, Seriously? Hundred percent. Yes. Then, now he's had like, there's so much uh, conversation about the brand that he's definitely elevated like the awareness of it. What we don't know, what nobody knows, is like to what level are they actually selling? This apparel, you know, like are they because they have everything? They have shirts, yeah. and shoes. They're getting. They just got it rated an F by the Better Business That's Bureau because right. right. their shoes are not the ones they sold. They pre-sold a bunch of shoes, and they're like, the ones that people are getting are not what they bought. So people are pissed. There's no way to return or those, refund, yeah, get refund or exchange them. Yeah, and they're just telling people they're literally. I think I read that the customer service people told you, oh, you must be a broke baller then. If yeah, you're not satisfied. Yeah, <laughs> that's literally what. Oh they're saying. my God. But he's also, I mean, he's, so anyways, he's, he's, he's developed, he took these kids to Lithuania. They're going to play basketball. He's like, he basically says they're going to be on the Lakers. My three sons are going to be Lakers. Right. So, and we have no idea really realistically whether the two younger sons even have, we don't know, to be fair, whether they're going to be NBA quality players yet, you know, like the, f clearly one is the one who's on the Lakers. but So we don't know if that's going to pan out in any way, shape, or form. He also talked about developing a league for like kids that are coming out of high school that don't want to go to college and play in a league where they get paid. 
like a salary, a, you know, a reasonable salary, mm -hmm. which is a, an, an idea that a lot of people think is fascinating. I don't know logistically whether he could pull that off. You know, that's kind of a... I go, no, for sure. Right. I mean, but, but the idea is one that people have talked about for years because college athletes generate a lot of revenue. They're getting fucked. Yeah, college athletes are getting pimped out. Yeah, 100%. Especially in like football and basketball. Well, you were telling me, well, I was talking to Jamie when you went to pee yeah. about the how big the game was that you oh went to see. Oh my fucking God, yeah. And I was saying, is there, what about baseball? Is baseball like that? Like, no, nobody gives a fuck about college no. baseball. Basketball is a little bit, you said March Definitely. Madness. Definitely popular. But those are, those are the big But college school. football, get the, that's, that's big the time. That's yeah. the, and it's worth billions of dollars. Many billions. Yeah. Yeah. Which is crazy that those kids aren't getting paid. That doesn't make any fucking sense. Well, I got a free scholarship, Joe. You could go to school for free and learn. Oh, great. Get $25,000 a year's worth of free education. Yeah. Fuck you. I, I tend to agree. What's the matter, Jamie? I say, there's a couple kids. An uh, interesting story that came out earlier this year. He's on one of the teams that did really good. UFC or UCF, I'm sorry. Yeah. UCF's kicker was a YouTuber as the season started and he got in trouble because he was making profit off of his likeness on youtube so they took away his ability to do that or oh he my got kicked god. off the team and i think he left the team so oh my god you fucking monsters like I know. what you don't own people that that's what drives me crazy yeah. it's like you don't own people they're providing a service that makes you an extraordinary amount of money yeah. and yet you're keeping all of it like that Patino thing, yeah. 1.5 million to school. I, I give him 10 grand. Yeah. <laughs> I give school 10 grand. That's yeah. a lot of the money. Yeah. That's a lot of money. Oh, that's the I argument. Give him $10,000. I know. I think the the thing Fucking about assholes. The people who um who really argue the free education thing and like how that should be of value is because they ain't worth a shit. Like that's why <laughs> they think that's awesome. Yeah. Like your skill level is not impressive right and you don't generate millions and billions of dollars so you go it's fucking hundred thousand dollar worth of uh, free education there it's like yeah but like i'm bringing 10 million to the table bro right that's the thing and here's the big thing how much damage are they getting in that four years how much damage are they doing to their oh, body in football yeah <laughs> in high level division one fbs football a lot of those dudes are playing i mean they're playing basically with you know the 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 next NFL players. So yeah. they're, yeah, they're fucking each other up. They're fucking each other up. Yeah. And the odds of their body getting damaged to the point where they can oh. never compete professionally are very high. Oh, definitely. Yeah. So if you think of like, there was a statistic about NBA or, excuse me, NFL players, like how many of them make it into the fourth year. And it's very low. Yeah, the not for long league. That's very, what they call it. Yeah. Is that what they call it? That's the nickname for the NFL. Ooh. Not for long. Yeah, the wow. average NFL career is like three point some seasons. So right. yeah, yeah. So think of that. You're you're basically trying to do to outrun that through college. Yeah. And then make it into the pros. Yeah, that's why you really from a business perspective, you really have to support guys coming out of college early to the NFL. Oh, hundred percent. I mean, there's people who are like some people I've What about your education? Get the fuck out of here. I'll man. read a book. Yeah. Well I'm balling, bitch. I'll, I'll go back. <laughs> Go back with my free time, man. <laughs> yeah, go back. You're still only going to be 25 years old when your career's over. That's fucking nuts. I know. Yeah. There's millions on the table. Millions. You're yeah. 22? Come on. Although, do you ever think about Ooh. how poorly you would handle that? I think about it now a lot. If I had been 22 and, and someone, rich. Was, yeah, yeah. someone was like, here's $10 million, I'd be like, what? I would yeah. definitely not have been like, yeah, dude. able to handle that well. 
Yeah, I think about that hardcore. I think about like, what if I won the lottery when I was twenty? Like, what? You go know. nuts. You go nuts. Yeah, I got diamonds in my jacket, man. Check it out. I got diamonds on my tefus. My buttons are all diamonds. I got diamonds on my dick hole. Definitely. Yeah, yeah I think um, it's like we were talking about earlier about a guy being rich and having rich children. Struggle is fucking very important for you. Yeah. It's very good for you. It's very important for you. It builds character. It builds resolve. Respect. You know? Yeah. Yeah. Respect money. That, like, how many professional athletes who make millions of dollars work out as hard as my friend Cameron Haynes? Right. Think of that. That fucking guy's a regular job, dude. Works for the Department of Water and Power in Oregon. Does he really? Yep. Nine to five. Regular job. During his lunch hour, he, he doesn't work nine to five. He works like seven to four. And one of the reasons why he's got an extra hour in there is because he runs during his lunch break. So he takes like two hour lunches and runs for two fucking hours, runs the hills, and then comes back and finishes out the rest of the eight hours of the day. I bet that dude feels good all day, though. It's a savage. Yeah. He doesn't feel good. He doesn't want to feel good. He doesn't be you think sore. He's in pain? He likes all the time. Yeah. But he's happy, I'm saying. He's happy in pain. Uh, I don't know, man. I mean, he, not, he gets not shit done. He's grimacing in pain. He's like, this shit hurts. There's I like a, it. There's a mindset of those people, though, that can do those ultra marathons. That's a different world inside your dome, man. You're, yeah. you got some darkness in there. You're trying to... Th what was that woman that smashed all of them? Courtney DeWalter? Yeah. She's, she's a on teacher, the podcast. Right? Yeah, isn't she a teacher? Did you listen to the podcast? I did she was not. On? She's no. amazing. She eats nachos and drinks beer. Eats candy. She's eating candy when she's hanging out with us. But what's going on in her brain, man? That's what I want to see. I want to see a CT scan. She's a straight up savage. I'll tell you what. How she was she telling us going? about how she had some sort of retina edema where she was almost blind because uh, her contacts fucked up or something like that. And her, her, her eyeballs were bleeding and she couldn't see and she fell, cracked her fucking head open. Like, like blood pouring down her head. Still one. Couldn't see, couldn't see where her feet were while she was running. Her brain cannot be the same. It's as, not. She's know. just tough. There's, there's mental toughness that some people have that is almost unexplainable. Like yeah. you don't, like what makes them that tough? Mm -hmm. I don't understand it. The ability to block out all the negative voices, the stop yeah. voices. I mean, well, think about personalities, right? Like a personality like Bert, yeah. that could be the life of the party. Right. That's not me. I'm no. not that guy. No. I've never been that guy. Right. So, I, I mean, I can, I can, if we're all hanging around together, we're all drinking, I can make everybody laugh. Yeah. I could be silly and we could all have a good have time fun. together. Yeah. But I don't gravitate towards that thinking, that kind of behavior. Right. Whereas Bert can walk into a liquor store and have everybody sing along to I Would yeah. Die For You. Yeah, yeah. He's got his phone out and people are dancing. and Yeah, it's, it's, it's a genuine personality type. Yeah. It's who he is. That's his personality type. Some people have that personality type where... They'll get up at 4.30 in the morning, and, you know, it's dark outside, and they relish the fact that they don't want to put their running shoes on, and they w don't want to hit that mountain and run. They relish the fact that they're, they're going to struggle. They mm -hmm. like it. They, they like, like it, yeah. They like the pain. They like the, the stinging of the, the, the lungs as your lungs struggle to fill with air. They like it. Yeah, true. Yeah, they like also the fact that other people can't do what they can do. They like the fact that there's people that are in bed that, that are comfortably asleep while they're out there doing it, and it gives them an edge. Sure. Yeah. Well, what, what makes a person's personality 
to be this outgoing extrovert like Burt Kreischer? What makes that stoic individual that can sit and go over, you know, uh, you know like an accountant who can just sit and, and go over things for hours and hours, uh, a coder, someone who could sit in front of a computer and go over 10, 12 hours a day's worth of computer It's a certain code. mindset, yeah. It's a different kind of human, yeah. right? Yeah, because that, I mean, that, both of those personalities I could never entertain, you know, yeah. just so far from what I am. I'm fascinated by personalities. Yeah. I, I just find I, I, there's so many variables, like as to what makes a person who they are and and how it changes over time and who yeah. who you are, the more you consider yourself. And like I did a podcast yesterday uh, about meditation. It was all about meditation mm -hmm. with uh, Dan Harris from Good Morning America, who's a big proponent of meditation. And um, this guy. Jeff Warren, who uh, wrote this book, uh, Head Trip, a very, very interesting guy, who was his meditation teacher. And mm -hmm. We're just talking about thought processes and, and the, the, the mind and, and managing the mind and managing the way you do things, don't do things, and how much of these little weird kinks and pitfalls can just trip you up and fuck you up in your life. Like, imagine Louis C.K. without this desire to beat off in front of women. Like, let's say he did that 10 times in his whole life. Mm -hmm. Imagine if you could get to him before those 10 times and go, hey, man, look, you're a real nice guy. You've always been, like, friendly to people. You give good advice as a comedian. Just you can't beat off in front of people. Yeah. We gotta, it's going to cost you, like, $50 million one day. Yeah. Like, what? Yeah. You think so? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. one day it's going to cost you $50 million if you just beat off in front of people. No one's going to work with you. So just don't do that. Yeah, don't yeah. do that. Or here's what you could do. Pay a hooker and say, I want to beat off in front of you. And she'll go, okay. And then you give her a thousand bucks or whatever it costs and you beat off in front of her. You could do that. And he'd be like, mm, that's not the same. <laughs> <laughs> well, but like what would make a person, what makes a person tick really? Yeah. What, what, what is it inside your head? Like it's all your experiences really that become your personality. I think there's know? that there's your experiences. There's managing your particular biology. Yeah. You know, there's so many, so many different things. Yeah, because like you, you're at the age now too, where you can see like with your children. Do you ever see how they're a certain age now? But you go like, I saw that trait in you when you were one. Oh yeah, two, you know. Yeah, so yeah. You, you see like the stuff that's natural in someone. Mm-hmm. The the natural personality trait, and then you sprinkle life on top of that starts to develop who the person becomes. Well, your son is probably just now starting to talk. And yeah. Yeah, you, you'll start to have a little conversations with them, and then you'll start to see you in them, and that's where it gets really weird. You're really? Like, oh no, you've inherited all my craziness. You see that in your kids? My nine-year-old in particular. Really? She's got a lot of my crazy in her. Yeah. And you, you, you totally see yourself. Oh like, yeah. Oh. She gets obsessed with things, like yeah. obsessed, where she just she'll just do them like all day long. Like mm -hmm. we went on a vacation, and we were walking back from the resort. She did uh, cartwheels all the way back from the resort to to the room. Mm -hmm. It was a half mile. So fucking like she just did cartwheels cart over and over and over again. She just gets nuts about stuff. Is it the kind of thing where you're like, hey, you should probably stop doing that? Or no? no, let her do it. Like, let her go. I don't. I don't. I think as long as your kids aren't hurting themselves and hurting other people, the more you say, hey, don't do that, the more they're gonna want to do that. Sure. It's just, it's natural. it's natural. Yeah. What I try to do is encourage healthy things. That's it. Mm -hmm. I try to, like, when it comes to, like, candy and sugar and stuff like that, I try to tell them, yeah, it tastes great, it tastes amazing. But 
you're really only supposed to have a little bit of it for your just it's bad for your body you know i don't i don't just give them this hey you can't eat candy yeah hey you can't do that i'm like a little bit's good a little bit's fine let's yeah. have a little bit let's enjoy it but let's understand what it is like let's be aware of what it is mm -hmm. but don't be afraid of it don't run from it don't you know yeah nobody died because they had an ice cream once a week sure you know it's not gonna hurt you just don't have it every fucking night yeah just don't yeah. get crazy don't let it become a part of everything who you are and one of the things that i do the most though is encourage them like what do they what do they enjoy doing like mm -hmm. what do you enjoy doing you know like my youngest one loves art loves to draw loves it just constantly drawing that's and awesome i'm like let's draw let's let's look fuck, let's do some art it's fun it's like there's something like find out whatever it is where, where you can find this avenue for expression and and i want to encourage that as much as i can because i feel like if there's anything in this life that'll guarantee you some satisfaction or some feeling of accomplishment or some some uh, some way to fuel your passions it's find something that really hits your switches find that thing like you found it right you found it with stand-up yeah totally i mean but you imagine doing something else other than stand-up no of course not i mean at this point i don't know i tell people that all the time actually it's like that's the thing you become aware of i think when you get older you're like i'm so lucky that i do the thing i really like doing the most yeah that's really the thing and then you meet people like you're i mean i meet people all the time but like i talk to people who you know, I'm just not happy with what they're just like. I'm not happy with my life and this and that. I'm like, what is it you really want to do? And they, go, I don't know. Like, re like real question, real question. If yeah. somebody wanted to trade lives, Jeff Bezos wanted to trade lives. You get to be Jeff Bezos. You get 105 billion dollars, but you can't do stand up anymore. No, because I, I no love, way. I love it. Yeah, that's ho it. so hard for people to imagine. Yeah. That. Well, no, because like I mean that. That I know that sounds like a comical amount of money and that like who the fuck would turn that down. But it's like I don't really feel like I'm turning something down because I have I get so much pleasure and and joy out of doing what I do. So Could you so imagine fun. if you made that deal and you came back to the comedy store and you're watching somebody just kill oh, and you'd yeah. be like, Fuck, I wanna go up and they're like, Nah man, you gotta take your spaceship home now. <laughs> <laughs> and you're sitting around writing things down when yeah. you think they're funny and you never just get to giving do it, it to people you take yeah. it see if you can make it work do you remember tom agna mm -mm. he's a really funny comedian and uh apparently he lives in thailand now and just fucking retired on his uh writer's guild money really and uh you know his mortgage is like 500 bucks a month and uh neil brennan went to see him last week in thailand Really? Yeah. And he was a comic? Yep. He's a funny comic. I knew him from Boston. Really good guy. There's Tom Agna. Really good guy. And he's retired there now. Lives in Thailand. Good for him. Just on the beach, just kicking back. And apparently he writes still. He'll st still like write, write stuff for people, but doesn't give a fuck anymore. Good for him, man. Yeah, I mean, I hear about things like that, and I go, wow, he did it. He figured out a way to do it. He figured out a way to get off the bus. Yeah. I don't think I'm getting off. I feel like I'm gonna George Carlin this motherfucker. Just keep driving it. Yeah, I feel like one day I'm gonna die in a hotel room somewhere, 80 years old on the yeah, road. Yeah, I don't know. How, I mean, sometimes I, f I think about like how, like, God damn, I'm gonna how much longer am I gonna do this for? Because yeah. it feels like there's too much time uh, still ahead of me. <laughs> you know what I mean, though? But I mean, like, uh, I go like, wait, I'm gonna do this for 25 more years or something? That's fucking nuts. The only thing that excites me as much is outdoor stuff. It's yeah, like, you really love that shit. Yeah. I'm kind of jealous 
of all your hobbies. But not, not I mean, just that you, I'm jealous of, of the fact that you're passionate of, about like hunting, shooting pool, jujitsu, you know, archery, all shit. I'm like, God damn, I, I wish I had like a, that much passion for at least one other thing, you know? I just think I'm crazy. I think I find these things and then I get obsessed with them. Yeah. You know, I'm lucky that there's, like, I have to manage those things. Like, I, sure. I have to be careful. Like, I'm, I'm lucky I don't know how to fix cars. If I knew how to fix cars, like, I, had, I entertained this idea for a while of building a car from scratch. Really? Of getting a frame and then starting to put suspension on it. And I said, no, you got to stop. Like, you can't do this. This will take too much time. You can't do this. Time, I can't. Yeah. And I would like it. I would like it. I'd start wiring things. And I'm I'd surprised you don't move or at least get a place in the woods. I think that's probably going to happen. I'm scared of that, there. too. Yeah. I'm scared of that, too. I, I, you know, when I'm, we lived uh, in Boulder, I, I liked that. it a lot, dude. I liked it a lot. I went to that house. Yeah. It's beautiful. Yeah. So peaceful up there, right? Amazing. It's just woods and mountain lions eating your dog and shit. Fuck. It's just weird. Yeah. But... I, I don't know, man. I just have to, for for me, it's always like, make sure, like, there's almost like there's two me's. There's the manager me. It's mm -hmm. like, hey, 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 hold on. Before we before we uh, embark on this journey, let's yeah. take a look at where this could go wrong. Let's take a look at where this can go before I release the hounds. And then there's the other part that's like, just wants to just go, go for it. Go yeah. do things, you know? I want a hobby, though, dude. Do you? What mm -hmm. kind? I don't know. Want to go bow hunting with me? Um... Bow hunting. I would go to a range first to see how much I dig. I haven't shot. I've shot uh, an arrow, bow and arrow, but it's been like twenty five years. I got a range here. Oh, you have a range here? Yeah, it's an indoor archery range in this place. Okay. <laughs> this weekend, I'm getting a, a, a thing called uh, Techno Hunt installed. Techno Hunt is. Uh, have you ever seen that video game where you uh, hit a golf ball and the virtual golf ball oh, rolls sure. on the screen? Yeah. yeah. They make that with archery. You're doing that? With bow hunting. Here? Yeah. Yep. <laughs> so there's the, the animals walk across the screen, and you shoot at the animals with a regular compound bow. And instead of having sharp, pointed tips, yeah. this is this is the game right here. You have uh, a tip that has a flat head, like the head of a nail. Mm -hmm. And so these animals walk across the screen, and you literally shoot at the target. And, like, watch. It'll show you, like... As it's gonna be like this. Up. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I have it. It's coming this weekend, bro. <laughs> See, watch how it hits where he shoots it. Mm -hmm. Well, you would want to get right there, right behind the arm. Bam! Perfect shot. So that's gonna be like yeah. good kill. So it shows where the 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 thing hit, and it shows your score and your vitals and stuff like that's that. That's very cool. Yeah. You're gonna be really into this. Obsessed. Yeah. It's crazy though. Yeah, Ari uh, Burton and I went to Top Golf. You know what that is? Oh, that's in Vegas, right? Well, is that yeah, on the top they of have, the... They, exactly. They have one in Vegas, and they have, like, I don't know, like 25 locations. Oh, they're all over the place? Yeah, we, stay, we stayed there for, like, hours. Hours. Like, we thought we were going to play, like, a round, but it just became addictive and fun. We just kept kept doing it over. What do you do? It's not just driving? So you have, like, a bay, right? Right, and then, like, your own uh, tee, and, right. and um, you, you know, three of you put your names in the system, and you get a real golf ball, and... They, they, they uh, track the balls. So, like, when you hit it, there's targets that you can go for points. Oh. So, like, you hit that flag. So, it knows, like, already hit the flag. And it, like, so you get, like, eight points. And then it'll be like your next ball's worth double. And if you hit the blue flag, it's going to be like 16 points. So, like, and, and then there's different games within the system. You can go just for, like, chip shots, you can go for distance. 
Anyways, we just man, I thought we were we thought we were gonna play like an hour. I think we stayed four hours. That's crazy. And it, and we were all like, we gotta find another top golf. Like we were, <laughs> we were really really into it, man. And you guys don't even play golf. No, I mean I know those two used to play. Like Ari said, he played regularly a long time ago. Same with Bert. They both had much better shots than me, but I was equally obsessed with it. Like I didn't care that I was even shitting the bed. Wow! So I, had, I was having so much fun doing it. <sighs> there's yeah. so many different things you could do. That's why when people tell me that they're bored, I mean, unless you're broken, there's nothing you can do. But even then, there's so many physical activities you could do that are free. No, I yeah, just, I don't understand. I'm not bored by any means. I just like, um, you know, throwing myself into an activity like that. So, so you need a hobby. I think so. Why don't you get into jujitsu? Nah. No, I don't You're like. A big guy. I, I didn't see the guns. I never show me, liked. Show me guns. I never liked. Ooh, um, I never liked wrestling. I, did, I wrestled no? one year. I hated it. Too so. gay. I just don't like having like guys on top of you. Yeah, and I don't like you know <laughs> my neck being jacked or right. any of that shit. Right. Like I didn't. I never liked. You know. How about Muay Thai? How about I like throwing punches. Yeah, that's cool. I like that. Yeah, just taking a Muay Thai class, learning how to kick the bag, learning how to hit the pads. Maybe. maybe. Learn how to use your defense, move. Push away. Late I like kick. that. Maybe photography. Yeah, I like, when the I like photography. old lady tries to pinch your ass after a show, hey. you sweep the leg. Sweep the leg, knock her out. What the hell? Boom. Take her down. Whoosh. Get some good press next day. Imagine. Can you imagine? Comedian. Did you see that thing with uh, Josh Hom from uh, uh, Queens of the Stone Age? Kick mm -mm. some fucking oh, yes, lady in the, the face. Oh, yes, the photographer. Yes. What in the fuck was going on? Yeah. That Apparently, the, the later story was like, well, her flash was really fucking bothering everybody. Oh, was it? Yeah, like that. She wasn't supposed to have a flash going. Oh. But that was not okay, the way that that shit went down, man. Yeah, you're supposed to go, hey, lady, turn the fucking flash yeah. off. And he was, wasn't part of his thing. Like, I was trying to kick the camera, but he, like, kicked her in the head or well, something. Well, he said he was kicking equipment around, and he accidentally yeah. kicked He made no, a bunch of bullshit excuses. super excuses. deliberate. You can see super. it. Super. Yeah. He kicked her in the face. Yeah. Like, the camera is, like, right here, and he kicks the camera, and he hits her in the mug. Yeah, no. He fucked her he up. Just, well... In his defense, though, he might have been like super frustrated if that was the case. Yeah. That someone was like flashing in his face. And by over the way, and over and I can totally again. see, uh, you know, losing your shit on stage. I think it's happened to everybody. I totally yeah, see it, but it's not okay. But not kick it someone. No, no, no. I but can I've see wanted saying to. something. Yeah, I've wanted to kick someone. Have you? For sure. I'm, I mean, over the course of a, a whole career, yeah. Oh yeah. I've wanted to kick someone. You know what's interesting? Um, I watched. Uh, I did Long Beach. I did that. Um, was it the Terrace Theater? Forget what what theater is in Long Beach. Big ass theater in Long Beach. Yeah, great theater. Really weird because there's no you could never have this theater today. It would be completely illegal because there's the the way to get out. Like the rows, the rows are like seventy seats long, mm -hmm. and oh. there's no aisle in oh, in God. the middles. There's aisle on the left side, aisle on the right and that's side. That's it. But the whole span in front of you is just seats. It's amazing to perform there. Still there? Yeah, that's the place. Oh yeah. my god. Yeah, look at that. Oh yeah. Crazy. Man, you gotta get up, take a piss. If you gotta piss and you're in the middle, you're fucked. Like, you hey, could, could you forty people? Just... Especially if you're overweight, if you're oh, a big man. fella and you're trying to get through all that. Yeah. Um, but anyway, when I went there, I, uh, they they informed me that that was where Richard Pryor did his uh, live in concert from '79. Mm -hmm. That's where he recorded it. And I went back and watched it after I got home. And I was like, holy shit, this is crazy. He pulled up to the same dock where I pulled up. He yeah. walks in with his wife, goes through the same back area that I went to. Then I watch it, and in the beginning of it, there's a fucking guy 
in the front of the stage who's getting like Richard Pryor's on stage and he's standing there taking pictures of Richard Pryor while he's filming his special. And Richard's, Richard's going, sit down, motherfucker. Stop taking my picture. Like, he's saying it yeah. even, even in 79, it was an people, issue. Yeah, stop taking pictures. And it's just a guy in the audience. It's not a professional photographer. What do you it's think just, of that phone thing? Are you going to do that? Yes, I'm doing that. You are? That That is, oh, okay, I should probably tell people. Um, for my shows upcoming in Austin, Houston, and Durham, North Carolina, there's a, a company called Yonder. Yeah. They take your phone. They put it into a bag. And you, and you keep your you phone. keep your phone, but they have to open your bag when you leave. So you're not making any phone calls. You're not doing any text. You're not filming. You're not doing anything. I watched Chappelle's special when Chappelle did that, and mm -hmm. I was like, "This is it." Yeah. And it was fucking amazing how much more tuned in people are. Yeah. Like when they don't have their phone. Yeah. Especially just checking your texts, and every time you're on stage, I mean, how many times are people just standing oh, there? No. Filming things. I just did a show where it was like fourth row, dark house, and you just see, poof, see the light, yeah, fucking beacon of light. Yep. And I was like, doing, I'm doing, I'm talking, I'm talking, and then you know, I'm just like trying to finish a bit, and then I do it. I'm like, hey man, what are you doing? What? What are you? What are you doing? He's not even listening when I ask him what he's doing. And then his friends are like, hey, hey. he looks up. I go, what are you doing? He's like, I'm doing. It's for work. I go, you bought these tickets to do work? <laughs> and he's like, I just, I got to do it. I go, no, no. You're lighting up the whole room. Like I go, people that don't realize that? I go, there's like 15 minutes left. And he's like, all right. And he flipped it over, like put the, the phone down. Not, not two minutes later, he's back on his phone. Back on it, back doing things. I was like, and I actually knew to not say anything at the second time because I didn't want to... I didn't want the show to be about that because I, right. I was like, this is just going to be negative as yeah, shit. Right. But thankfully, the staff noticed and they went over there and, and I don't know. I'm doing this from now on, I think. This yeah. phone thing. I mean, like, look, I, I, some people don't like it. That's okay, but it's going to make a better show. Here's the thing so that people know because I know a little bit about the Yonder thing too is like, if you're like, well, what if I need to? You can actually you can leave the showroom yeah. and they'll unlock it for you. You can make your call yeah. in the lobby, but it's just keeping people. Tuned in, tuned in and, the show. and not distracting people. I went to see uh, Love, um, the the Beatles show yeah. at uh, the Mirage. Fucking amazing, the Cirque du Soleil show. It's yeah. incredible. I've heard incredible. This guy in front of me has his brightness jacked to the fucking roof, and he's texting people. Like, so while I'm trying to watch the show, this guy has his bright phone, yeah. and he's just sitting there texting yeah, it's over and over and over again, completely disrespecting all the people around him. Everybody's just got to go like this because yeah. the place is pitch black sure. while a lot of this stuff is going on because there's, like, there's stuff comes down from the ceiling, and people yeah. are descending, and they're doing this acrobatics, and this dickhead is just constantly on his fucking phone. Yeah, it's like just do you want to fucking experience things for a minute? You know what yeah. I mean? Like you go to Cirque du Soleil or you go to Joe Rogan's show. It's like you fucking went. You decided to go to the thing. Like, don't you want to experience the show? Yeah. Just watch the show for a minute. You got to force people because there's a certain amount of people that are just not going to. You get a you good know? deal? It's it's not cheap. It's not cheap, yeah. It costs money. Yeah. But I feel like it's going to be worth it. I and, think so, too. And I'm definitely going to do it for my special. Oh, yeah. It's <laughs> a good idea. I'm just doing it from now on because... My last two specials, I've, I dealt with people sitting in the front row and second row, just standing there, holding that phone up in front of you, just yeah. holding it right at you. Like, you don't think that's distracting? You don't think that's weird? Live your life.
I think it's especially a good thing to do in a big, big venue. Yeah. 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 So that's it, folks. So if you come into uh, Austin, Houston, and Durham, we're taking your phone and putting it in the give, bag. Give Hooker. your phone up, bitch. Give that phone up, bitch. Give it up, give it up, give it up. You did your special in Denver, right? At the Paramount, yeah. It's a fucking great place. It's great. I love it. Denver's the shit. It's still, it's still my favorite, man. It's my favorite city. I think if I move anywhere... It'll either be there or uh, maybe Seattle. Those are my spots. I would love to live. Well, I love actually downtown Denver. I would also think it'd be amazing to live like 20 minutes outside of Denver. Yeah, go to like the Evergreen, to it. Oh, Golden, live in the woods. It'd be fucking amazing. I really think yeah. it's. I think it's in my future. Do you? I do. You gonna bail out point. of California? I, I don't think man I'm, I'm not gonna. Older? I don't think I'm gonna do it in like the next couple of years. But I think in my life I, I will move to Colorado at some point. Um. Yeah. I really love it. I love, I love it too. all aspects of it. Like I like the culture. I like I like the outdoors. I like the people that I meet there. I always have meet great people there. Yeah. They have all the infrastructure you want from a big city. You have access to everything. You oh, have yeah. great restaurants. You have great uh, you know, they have big sports, they have entertainment, they have they have everything you want. The people are cool as fuck too. They really are. It's just they're not pretentious like a lot of people that live in la or san francisco or new york yeah <clears throat> they're very laid back but you know they're surrounded by also i think there's something about being surrounded by the rocky mountains i it's think like it's good start taking yourself seriously you just look out and you go Ugh. yeah fucking the vastness of all this it's this incredible insane. it was a great night man i had such a fucking lucky night it was an awesome night to do the special i'm trying to do red rocks but every time i look for a date I got to look two, three years in advance, yeah. and it's like Tuesday and Wednesday nights. I heard about that. I was talking to them about Red Rocks, and they were like, people will take a date they don't even want because it's years in advance. Yeah. Well, that's what they offered me. They offered me a bunch of Tuesdays and Wednesdays. And they're not in, the, in like in 2020 or something. 2019. There's like really? Tuesdays and Wednesdays in 2019. That's all that's available? Yeah. Wow. I was like, I can't get a Friday? Yeah, yeah, but yeah. the Belco, the place that I do normally, yeah, I like that's but that's like five thousand something, whereas Red Rock is like nine, nine yeah. nine thousand. It's yeah. a lot. It's a lot. But but you've been doing two Belcos, two Belcos, yeah. Oh, that's ten thousand people. Yeah, no, it's not. I can do enough people, but it's yeah. just I like people want to go out on Saturday night. Okay? Yeah, they want to go out on Friday night. They don't want to go on fucking Wednesday. Yeah, hike to them some weird. Have you been out to Red Rock, Rock? Amphitheater? No. Yeah, me neither. It's supposed to be the shit, though. They, yeah, I heard it's incredible. Brian Regan was in, and he was telling me how he performed there. There's yeah. a video of it. He made like a whole film of it. Really? He loved it. He said it was amazing. Yeah. Not a lot of comedians perform there, though. It's pretty... It's pretty special. Yeah. Yeah. Well, it's got to be... You got to do it. Yeah. All right. Well, let's wrap this bitch up. Everybody, tomorrow, meaning tonight, midnight tonight, the great and powerful Tommy Bunn special comes out on Netflix... Don't sleep. This is what you do. You get up early and you watch the last one first. Yeah, mostly stories. Get and jacked up. That'll be a warm up. And then disgra why disgraceful? It's how my mother described my stand up one time. <laughs> <laughs> she came and saw me on this tour and she saw, you know, like when your parents come, you're like, oh man. Yeah. And uh, they went, you know, it was a good one. Like she came to a good show. Right. And they came backstage, and it was like my dad was like, There's a lot of people here, buddy. What kind of money you get or something like this? And it was like a total dad question. 
And my mom, <sighs> my mom was, I was like, How you, what do you think, mom? She was like, amazing, pero uh, your language is like F, this, porno, F, F. It's a disgrace. <laughs> <laughs> and I was like thinking of titles and I was like, oh, I love upsetting my mother. So I call it disgraceful. That's hilarious. Your mother has a strong Spanish accent, right? Very strong. That's yeah. funny. Yeah. Yeah. She speaks a lot of It's Spanish. hilarious when you speak Spanish in front of me. I mean, I've talked to people about it before, but it's funny when you speak Spanish in, in front in two people that yeah. didn't expect it. Yeah, yeah. I talk about it in the special. Oh, yeah? Yeah, I have a bit about it now. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, because it throws them off guard, and then they're like, "How do you do that?" <laughs> like, <I'm> like, <laughs> you look so white. I know, I know. And then my sisters are darker; like they have a darker complexion than me. Oh, do and, they? Yeah, yeah. Especially if we go like, if we go in the sun for like a few days, they turn in to fucking Incas, and then <laughs> I just burn. So, yeah, it's very just. You could tell it's just genetics. I got like my dad's skin, and they got hers. All right, ladies and gentlemen, that's it. Tonight, midnight, Tommy Buns on Netflix. Don't sleep. Definitely watch it. Anything else? Thanks, brother. I love you. Thanks I for having me. I love you too, man. Thank you very much. Anytime. Bye, everybody. Bye, we'll be back in a little bit with UFC welterweight champion Tyron Woodley. See ya. Tyron here today? Whoa.